on episode 121 of Pixel Guide N. Eric discusses the U console. Tim's just after Christmas game show. Six good games with snow. Cody's played a lot of Evercade. Eric's been digging into his Steam library. Tim has some more classic computer pickups. The guys say goodbye to 2023 and welcome to 2024. In our best of the year spectacular. It is uh, the New Year's Eve, really, right? I a day after. Wait, is there thirty-one days? The, I always forget. Again, I'm bad at math. All I know is like in, in a couple of days, New Year will have just been over. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and we will have partied like it's 1999. Eric, do you have the streamers and the champagne ready and at hand? It's all ready, and I am ready to uh, land this turd of a year and move on right into a a great new year. Actually, okay. it wasn't a great, it wasn't a bad year at all. It was. Good. I was going to ask. Yeah, did it, was it a turd of a year? I mean, no, no. I, I mean, twenty twenty one is behind us at this point. So exactly. No, no. It was. Uh, it was getting things. I, I really felt this year was kind of getting things back to normal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like getting, I. I it's, I'm at the point where I always forget, and then when it's like, oh, yeah, I remember the, when COVID was in full effect, all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I, I forget about it already. Really? How, no, how quickly I, we forget. I remember it, and I did not. I mean, I this sounds stupid, but I didn't like it. I didn't, <laughs> I, I, I didn't like being able to go out. I didn't like wearing masks. I did it because people needed me to, but I did not wear them. I, I don't like wearing masks. I feel like I'm suffocating, and I'm just glad it's... I'm just glad it's yeah yeah. I don't want to say behind us because it's really not. I mean, you can still get pretty sick from COVID, and I got really sick. So I'm I'm yeah. just hoping that I hope that as we move further and further into the future, it gets further and further behind us, and we yeah, think yeah. about it. I hated it. Well, my year has also been. My, I would just say it's the busiest year I've ever had. Which I know we every show yeah. talks about how busy they are, and I hate hearing it, but. It, with work primarily and uh, my daughter's getting into high school and my other daughter yep. going to middle school like it's just so much more and uh and it's something that i am sure i will look back and miss in six years when both my girls are out of the house and <laughs> yeah. that's coming quicker than i want it to come as well so and i've got um, one kid out of the house but i mean i i still have a lot of thoughts about him and and worried about how he's doing and this and that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, my daughter's going to, is in high school now and it's, I'm busier than ever. And I'm, I'm down yeah. to one. You know what I mean? I mean, of day to day management. Yep. And I saw, I got so many games I want to play, Eric. Same. So Same many here. games. I want to keep up on the things. Um, I want to, well, I guess we, some of this will come up later, but I don't know why I'm talking about this now. We don't. We did quick questions last episode. No quick questions this episode because it's going to be an action-packed episode, Eric. Lots um, of stuff, yep. But uh, well, I, we I, I'll got to go to bed at some time. So at I mean, some we point, we need, we need to sleep. At some point, the listeners don't need to uh, hear five-hour-long episodes anymore. 
but no, I I'm, I keep my mind keeps going back to the uh, uh, what's it called the hand crank handheld. Oh and yeah, I, yeah, I the playdate, the playdate, and I I keep seeing new releases, and I'm like, man, I really want that dumb little thing. Yep. Um, Anyways. Here's where they're shooting themselves in the foot, though. If it was available right now, at whatever price, whatever price it is now, if it was available, if I ordered it and it was here in a week, I'd get it today. Yeah, I think it's two twenty nine right now. Yep, but I'm not started at one seventy nine, went up to two hundred. Now it's like two twenty nine. I'm not going on a waiting list. I'm not going to nope, be on same. some pre order list. I'm just not going to do it. I'm, You're still waiting for the next, <laughs> the yep. ZX Spectrum yep. next, which you've been on the waiting list for. Five years? For a, for a long time, and my Eric's take was about the U console, and I waited over a year for that. So, I mean... I still I have... Done, at this point, I have not heard the... Because we just recorded the previous episode. I have not heard that right. yet. And I still yep. have no idea what the U console is. You've kept it a secret from me for this long. Yep. I still don't I ordered, know what it is. I ordered so. it in November 2022. So, I'm eager for you to learn about it and see what it is and... Yep. yep. A, a mister is another thing I need to pick up too. I mean, I You do. You do need to get I that. need to uh, I need to make some some uh, acquisitions here, I think. But yep. um that being said, this episode, uh Tim is going to join us for the first time in a few months. So we're really excited to have Tim come back. Yes. Uh speaking of having a bad year and trying to get the worst behind you, we're hoping that that uh that Tim's doing really well and he, I know he's excited to get back on here and talk to us and talk to everybody out there listening. Um, but we will start right off the bat with an Eric's take segment. Mm -hmm. Um, what are you talking about this, uh, this month, Eric, the U console, my impressions of it and, uh, every, my whole saga behind it and putting it together, which is another component. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, uh, just my thoughts on it. So it, it's going to cover all that. Perfect. And then, uh, Tim's going to join us. He has a holiday game show spectacular lined up for us. Uh, then we're going to catch up literally a segment we call catching up where we catch up together on what we've been doing in the retro video game and retro inspired video game hobby uh we have six good games we're going to talk to each about six total games that have snow in them that are that yes. are good it's really just an excuse for us to talk about some games so Festive. um and then the grand finale the top the topper on our christmas tree the uh the cork in our bottle uh the best of 2023 we are all going to focus on uh, i think we have six or seven topics and uh, that we've not talked about throughout the year that we're going to say what was the best we did for that topic for the year so that is the episode eric sounds good does sound good um let's go ahead and dig right into eric's take okay and then we'll come uh eric you and i can come back and then crack open some brewskis how about that that sounds great Hey there, it's Tim, and I've got all the information you need about the Pixel Guiden podcast. If you didn't know already, you can find the show Podbean site by visiting pixelguiden.com from your browser of choice. And while you're on your browser, why not check out our podcast feed on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network? You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. Have you got any questions? Has something we said driven you crazy enough to want to call us out? Or you just want to say hi? We love getting your feedback. So here are the ways you can contact us. You can reach us on the show Twitter account, which is at pixel underscore guide N. You can email us and our address is podcast at pixelguiden.com. 
And if you want to reach us directly, that's Cody, Eric or Tim, the best way to get us is through our Discord channel on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network. You can get there by becoming a patron of our show at $3 or more, and we will get you a link to join the fun. If you want to reach Cody, Eric or Tim directly, you can get us on the following platforms. You can reach Cody on Twitter or X, and that's at oddball49, that's oddba one one four nine. Eric is also on Twitter and on Mastodon, and you can get Eric on Twitter at the project. That's D U H P R O J E C T, and at Mastodon is at the project at oldbytes.space. And Tim is on Mastodon at Sanxion, that's at S A N X I O N, at oldbytes.space. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we'd love it if you'd give us a review and also for any of the other podcast catches that you may use. Here on Pixel Guide N, we like to announce every patron subscriber that subscribes at a $3 or more level by using our random adjective generator and a little bit of song. And this month, I feel like a rock anthem. With the opaque 10, Mark and deprived Josh Malone. An appetizing Dan James and Nate Erickson Grin. Been the bull, my Jason Snowski, enduring Paradroid. Boisterous Mitsuyama, Smokey David Vincent, and Dark David Cavalry, that's Mark Richardson. The Con Adam from Commodore Chronicles, polluted Brian Arsenault, acoustic David Modelac, untitled Ram OK, Ram OK.
in October 2022, I saw a device listed on a tech website that mentioned a handheld computer with full keyboard that was about the size of maybe uh, maybe four Blackberries, like had a keyboard, had a screen, everything, but it was still handheld, fit in the hand comfortably, and I was intrigued. Uh, but it took me a couple of weeks of research and getting the money together to actually place the order in November 2022, which, as you'll find in my story, makes a huge difference when buying products like this. So this month on Eric's Take, I'm going to talk to you about the U console by Clockwork Pi and my journey from ordering it to finally receiving it and to using it. So let's talk about Clockwork Pi for a minute. I had heard of them before. This is a company um, that uh, I had read about mainly for the first product they had, which was called the Game Shell. And this was, uh, think of a little Game Boy style uh, device that has directional buttons, uh, fire buttons, all that kind of stuff. But there's these big uh, thumb screws on the side where it's very easy to open this up and swap in and out parts and then put it back together. You don't need any tools or anything like that. I thought it was very clever. I never bought it because I have a million of these kind of devices, you know, these little handheld Game Boy style machines. Um, but it was very cool. I, I thought it was really neat. Um, and then what really caught my eye with Clockwork uh, Pi was they released a, a device called DevTerm. And for people that uh, don't know, DevTerm is a little what well, like in the style of a slab computer, kind of like TRS-80, Model 100s, and 102. Basically, it's kind of like, think of a modern-day computer tablet, but there is no big screen on it. There's just a keyboard, and then up on the top, there's like an LCD with maybe four lines of characters on it. Um and that's what the dev term kind of is, other than it's kind of a modern take on it. It has a much larger screen, takes up about half of the device. Below is a more kind of mechanical keyboard with uh, full-size keys. Well, they're not full-size keys, but they are they have full travel up and down. Um, again, as, as seems was the um, style of Clockwork Pi, there were uh, hand screws on the sides where you could easily unscrew those and take it apart. The DevTerm had a little expansion port on top where you could put a thermal printer on there. Um, well, I don't know if it's a thermal printer, but it looks like a little printer um, that prints like receipt, receipt sized paper. Um, very neat device. Uh, this really caught my eye and I was really close on pulling the trigger on that, but decided I didn't really need something like that. Um, and so I, did, I didn't grab that. But like I said, in October 2022, I came across their latest product called the U console. And they were taking pre-orders for this. The U console, uh, just to try to describe it, I encourage you to just go look up Clockwork Pi uh, U console, all one word, U console. 
and go look at the pictures of it because it's really hard to describe. But what it is, is like I said in the beginning of the show, think of a, like a Blackberry and then just grow that about four times the size. So about four Blackberries would fit in the surface area of a U console. And I'm taking a look at mine right now. And I think that's about right. About about four Blackberries. Um Really cool, though. So it basically it has a keyboard on it and it is a rubber keyboard, so it's not going to win any awards for usage. But I will tell you, it is much better than uh, some of the little like smaller keyboards that you would run across. It does have a tactile feel to it. Um, You know, when you press the them down, there's a little click to each each button. But anyway, I don't want to get too far ahead. I'll talk more about it. Let's just stay in October. So I, I'm researching this thing. I'm looking it up. Um, it comes in four different chips. This thing is touted, the U console is touted as a modular computer. So you can easily, with a hex um, Allen wrench, you can take this thing apart. There's only like five screws on the back. Open it up and you can swap out the chip. You can swap out the batteries. You can swap out um, anything really. I mean, it. there are no tools that hold it together other than an Allen wrench to those like little hex screws. And even then the parts on the inside, a lot of them just snap in. So, I mean, it is like a very modular and very easy to put together and take apart system. The chip, um, they, they spoke about, uh, the options for chips. One was the CM4 compute module. Another one was an A, 04 ARM 64 bit quad core Cortex A53. Another one was the A06 uh, ARM 64 uh, dual or quad core chip, or the R01, which is the RISC 64 um, bit chip. So I looked at this and looked at the prices of each one and decided that the A04 was probably going to be the one for me, 1.8 gigahertz, four cores. Um, decided, hey, I'll, let's go for it. So I ordered that one. And I'm looking at my receipt right here. And when I um, ordered this, I ordered the AO4, the U console kit AO4. I ordered it in matte silver. There's two colors for this thing, silver or black. Um, you could also get one with a uh, SIM card slot so that you can have a cell phone connection. But I opted to only get Wi-Fi because it was cheaper. And the price at the time was $159. So I thought that was a great deal. Shipping was $30. Um, tax with tax, my total came to $205.07. I was pretty happy about that. Um, this, is a, this looked like a really functional device. And what I wanted, here was my thought on this. Um, it, this thing, if you take a look at the picture of it, it has a D-pad which are just four of those rubber buttons. So not really a D-pad, but four button directional buttons. An L and an R button. And then a full keyboard, of course. But what I'm talking about is the gaming area. Um, L and R button, which would be like shoulder buttons. And then, uh, you know, an X, Y, A, B button. So this thing has pretty good hardware for playing games. And according to the picks I was looking at, you could play Pico 8, you could play uh, Tick 8, Tick 80, you could play Retro Arch on this thing. Um, you could do a lot of gaming on it, but my thought was that I was going to use this for work too. I've always wanted a little device that I could run 
computer diagnostics, um, uh, pen testing for some basic security, um, you know, basic security um, analysis for clients. Um, just something that had a battery that would last all day. I don't have to worry about charging it. Um, this seemed like the perfect device for both work and play. Um, really, I wanted this as a Pico 8 device, but I've been getting into some other things as I'm using it, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. But anyway, for the price, 20507 placed the order. I'm looking at my receipt now. I placed the order on November 2nd, 2022. Okay, so here's what happened. I'm waiting. Oh, I, I, I got to say this. So on their website, on the pre-order, they were like, we predict we will ship this in 90 business days. Okay, so 90 business days. So I'm like, okay, that I, I can live with that. That's pretty good. So boom, pl- order placed. I'm waiting for it. And I'm waiting. And 90 business days goes by. And I'm waiting. And I'm, I'm a patient guy, so I wait and I wait. And then summer comes. So, you know, I ordered this in November. So now summer's getting around here. I think it was maybe in May or so. I was like, where is this thing? So I jump on. I sent an email first to Clockwork. And to their credit, they answer it. They answer it right away. And they say that because of COVID and because for other reasons, there is shortages in the chips that they need. And they're not going to be able to ship it on time and they don't have an estimate right away. They were they're They are thinking that it will be another 60 days or so. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, I, in that process, I found a forum that is hosted by clockwork. Uh, so if you just Google forum clockwork pie, you will find this forum and I go on there and there are many, many people in this forum very upset, uh, not happy that they haven't received it. Uh, and so the anger starts to build on this form and people are just, uh, just burying their teeth on here, which doesn't really help anybody. You're not going to make them go any faster by, uh, by complaining about it. The one thing I will say about clockwork pie though, the, they did jump into the forum and said, Hey, we really apologize. We can't control this. We're sorry. Uh, if anyone wants a refund, just reach out to me in email and I will, we will issue you a refund. And several people on the forum did, in fact, get their refund because they were so angry and they got their money. And from what I read in the forum, no one was upset that they didn't get a refund or whatever. It was a no questions asked. I want a refund. You get it. I didn't opt for that because I really wanted this device. And so I waited. So I waited. And then the next thing that happened was a message came out on the form from the people at Clockwork Pi, and they said that the chip I ordered, the AO4, they were having, I think they were having trouble sourcing it. Maybe, maybe not, but they were basically having some problems with the operating system. So when you get the Clockwork, you get an SD card, and if you ordered the compute module, the, the Raspberry Pi compute module, you would have Raspbian. If you did the AO4 and AO6, I don't remember what OS it was, but it, you know, it, it's customized for the that chipset. And basically, Clockwork was like, we are having problems with with doing something with the AO4, and we can't we can't fix this. So what we're going to do is we're going to offer. Um, Everybody who ordered an AO4 is going to get the Raspberry Pi 4 compute module. 
So when I got that, they they also said, hey, if if this is okay, let us know. So I got this email and I looked it up. I was like, you know, I, that's fine. I, I the only reason I got it was I think it was slightly less expensive than than the compute module. And if they're going to offer it to me for the same price, so much the better. So that part I wasn't really concerned about. So I did reach out to them and say, hey, you know, let's do this. Let's we'll, we'll switch it out. So. This is getting on to be, um, you know, end of summer, something like that. And still hadn't shipped, still no word. Um, And so I waited and waited. And then finally, um, there's some movement on the forum and everybody is all excited. And they're saying, hey, um, we're starting to ship. We're going to do one one batch and then, you know, batch after that. So they announced the first batch. And I thought, hey, I, I got in I, literally two weeks after they announced this. I got my order in. So I'm, I'm, I have to be in the first batch. Nope. Wrong again, Eric. Wrong again. I guess so many people had swamped the, their, you know, their order system that there were thousands of people, I guess, in the beginning that ordered it. In that two weeks, it took me to make up my mind and order it on November 2nd. There were so many people in before that that there were three batches that, that shipped before mine did. So I did not get a notification or any kind of shipping notification or any – I didn't get anything. Um, and several batches started to ship and people on the forums were starting to get theirs which really did upset some people because they were like, hey, I placed my order, you know, November 1st or October 31st or whatever, and they didn't get theirs. Um, so um, there I am. Uh, still still didn't get that. People in the forum still starting to lose their minds. Uh, finally, I get a shipping notice that it, it was going to ship and I was very excited and I waited for the tracking number to get in the system. And that took a week. And then once it did, and by the way, this was coming directly from um, China because this is where they did their fulfillment their you know, the building of the systems or whatever. So finally I get it and it turns out it is arriving almost a year to the date I placed the order. Okay. So, um, it was shipping, and it turns out I was going to be out of town. Now, I don't travel a lot. I stay home, so it's very rare that I'm not home to receive a package. But, of course, this is going to arrive via DHL while I'm not home. So I go onto the website for DHL, and I tell them, hey, I don't need a signature for this. Just leave it on my porch. And then I would I, I would call my neighbor, and my neighbor will come pick it up. So. That's all set. I'm sitting there uh, in Seattle, so a long ways from home. And I get the notification from the DHL driver that I wasn't home and they couldn't get a signature, so they didn't leave it. So um, the DHL driver actually called me, though, to see if I was home. I told her I wasn't. I told her that I had already gone on the website and told them I didn't need a signature and to please leave it at the door. She said, well, the system doesn't show that. So basically what I did is I convinced her to actually try my neighbor and drop it off there, which she did. So finally, my U console was there in, at my home 
but I couldn't actually go to it because I was on a trip. So had to wait till I got back. And when I did, um, the box was in good shape. Everything looked great. Um, now the U console, once I got it, uh, and I had seen some, there were a YouTube at this point, there were YouTube videos out already because some people had already received theirs maybe three weeks before this. So there were already YouTube videos popping up of people putting this thing together. Um, and it looked fun. It looked fun to put this thing together. It all snaps together. There's like face plates and back plates. Um, every little system, like the, for the chip, for the compute module, there's a little, um, like a adapter card that then connects to the input output, um, board, which are the power has all the USB drives and HTML ports and our USB ports, HD, HDMI ports, um, all that kind of stuff. The LCD pops in and just literally sits in and snaps into the, to the, the, the faceplate. It was a joy to put together. It really was easy. It took me about 15 minutes. Um, I had ordered these. It takes two 18650 uh, batteries, right? Uh, they're eight, 18650 batteries. They look like trip double A's, but they're larger. Um, I had bought some cheap ones on Amazon. Um, so I put those in there. I go put it all together and I'm really, really excited. Turn it on. Doesn't work. So I'm in full panic mode here. So like I take it apart again and I'm reseat everything and looking around and then I realize I put the compute module in backwards. Um, I'm just an idiot. Uh, it, it, I mean, to my credit, it is not keyed in any way, so you can put it in upside down, but there's just two tiny thin rows of connector edges on the adapter board, and there is no indication what how it goes in there. There's two ways it can go in there, obviously. And I put it in upside down because I noticed in the picture that the Wi-Fi, there's like a wire that connects to the compute module, which is the Wi-Fi antenna connector. Um, I noticed in the picture that it was on the opposite side of the motherboard. So like I literally just popped it out, flipped it, popped it back in. Um, and to its credit, it didn't fry anything, didn't damage anything. I put it back together and boom, it worked. Um, and I was happy and I was off to the races at that point. So I started using it, started installing apps. Uh, it's basically Raspbian. Uh, which is the Raspberry Pi OS. Uh, if you have any Raspberry Pi, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, it came pre-installed with RetroArch. It came pre-installed with with uh, Tick80, which is like Pico 8, but uh, it's free. Uh, I never used it before, so that was one thing I wanted to check out on it. It came with Cave Story, um, a bunch of other little gaming, little games and platform like platforms for games and things like that. Did not have Pico 8 on it, which was easy. I went and downloaded it. I bought Pico 8 many, many, many years ago. Downloaded it right to the Raspberry Pi and, you know, ran it and it runs fine. So everything is clicking and running thing. A couple things I noticed right off the bat. The Wi-Fi sucks. It is not very good, which is disappointing. Um, I think it might be because the Wi-Fi antenna is literally a sticker with a wire coming out of it that goes through a hole and then plugs into the compute module. I think that you can, there, from what I'm reading on the forums, people are already come up with solutions for that. Uh, cause that wire you can just take and, and 
clip it and solder it onto any kind of antenna. Um, and people are starting to do that and coming up with much stronger. The Wi-Fi, once it's connected, it works okay, but it does take like two, three minutes for it to make a Wi-Fi connection. And then once you do, you can see the um, decibels for how strong the Wi-Fi signal is, and it's not very strong at all. And if I'm walking around my house, I can see it drop off and reconnect. So that's one thing I'm going to look at in the future. That doesn't bother me so much so far. Um, when I do take this thing to work to do pen testing and stuff, I use a USB network card. So I just literally plug a wired network card right into the side of it, and, and there's a solid connection. There's no problem there. Uh, but, but you know, it would be nice to have better Wi-Fi. So I will say that about it. Second thing is the battery life sucked. Oh, man, it sucked. And I thought I was doing something wrong. So I'm looking at, I'm running tests on what applications are using the most battery. Uh, I'm just going through the through the gamut of testing on that and realized that I bought cheap batteries off of Amazon. And that was the problem. I went to another website, uh, found the Sanyo, uh, so a big name brand Sanyo batteries and uh, bought those, brought them home, plugged them in, charged them, put them in, boom. Now I'm getting a good solid many hours of it running. Now you can leave a, you, it just has a USB-C connector on it. So you can, you, you, you of course use rechargeable batteries. Cause one thing I'll say is it's not the batteries are inside. You have to take the whole back plate off to replace batteries. So it doesn't have a little access hatch like on little handheld video game systems to swap the batteries in and out quickly. You have to take it apart. So it's not like a case where you can really take spare batteries with you. Um, you could, but you have to bring that hex wrench and pretty much take the whole thing apart. Um, some of the neat things I think uh, that I want to talk about it is it has a kickstand. It comes with a kickstand, a wire kickstand that goes around two of the hex screws. And that puts it at a nice angle to where you can kind of look at the screen. You can use the onboard keyboard, but you can plug in a USB wireless keyboard and mouse on it. So I've done that several times when I'm installing something like Pico 8 and I don't want to sit there and use that little tiny keyboard. Um, I've used it throughout the day to check email, Word documents, Dropbox, all that kind of good stuff. I mean, a web browser is on there and works fine. Um, but I have used it for Pico 8 gaming and it works great. The controller, the onboard controller already works really well. Um, Retro Arch is on there so you can I install video games and stuff like that. Um, by the way, this system has a little tiny trackball on it. So you can literally move. That's how you mainly move the cursor around in Raspbian. Uh, there's no trackpad or anything like that. There's a little tiny trackball. And I've been looking into seeing if you can use that in games like Centipede or something, but I haven't got that dialed in yet. Uh, but Pico 8 works great. RetroArch works great. Um, Tick 80, I've never used before, but it's on there and I launched it and it works great. But the the keys, the direction keys and buttons weren't mapped correctly. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I just went on the forum and sure enough, I found someone who had the same problem. You put a line in a configuration file and it fixes the problem. So that was an easy solution. But it it took me you know a few hours of kind of researching to figure that one out. But I did. Uh, Cave Story works great. Uh, there's a Doom clone, and that one works awesome. So this little thing's going to be a really nice little um, gaming powerhouse for me while I'm on the road. And plus, I can use the check email and all that good stuff. So 
Uh, I have been really, really happy with it so far. Um, I haven't had really any problems with it uh, other than the ones I've just said. Uh, I'm going to keep you guys posted in the future because I'm going to be taking this on the road a lot with me for work and for like my daughter's volleyball stuff and trying different games, trying different platforms. Tick 80 is awesome so far. The screen resolution, you have more, uh, the screen geometry is bigger in Tick 80, so you can have more real estate in your games. Um, it, it seems like a great little gaming platform, uh, but I haven't fully explored that. I've only played three or four games in that so far. Uh, but I will be covering that next month's episode. I already have a few games I want to highlight and, and point out. Um, but this thing, you could you could program games on it if you wanted to. I mean, it has a full keyboard. I mean, there would be a lot of typing on that little keyboard, but you could do it. Um, but so far, I'm real happy with it, and I'm sure you'll be hearing more from me in the future regarding the U console. Thank you for listening to Eric's Take this month. I appreciate it, and I hope you all had great a great holiday, and I will talk to you soon. Gnome has appeared. So we're back live in the studio, and Eric, I have to ask. Yes. Uh, this U console. Yes, so we yes. talk about you know when things are available. It's available now. So I know you waited a while for yours. It's available I wait, now. I waited a year, and it's it's there's still a good lead time, but it won't be a year. It'll probably be a month or two before you would get it. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Clockwork Pie shop right now. And uh, yeah, there's some that are out of stock, but some, a lot of them do have prices. So the model you got, the, uh, the CM4 Lite, currently yes. $189, i am yep. sure, plus shipping. If that was available right now, would you buy it all over again? Should I buy it? Oh, I, I absolutely love mine. Yes. I, I would buy this uh, in a heartbeat. Great for Pico 8. Great for Tick 80, which is another Pico 8 kind of framework. Um, plus, you could check your email on it or web browse, so you could take this with you and and stick it in your bag and pull it out and connect and do all sorts of things with it. So, no, it's a uh, it's it's an amazing little device, and I'm using it a lot for work and a lot for gaming too. Very cool. I really like the look of the Dev Term One. I don't know what it is about it, but I guess. Oh no, that I, so cool. I I kind of wagered getting that instead, and I might someday get that as well so I bigger mean, and really, it almost looks like an msx yeah it's, it looks like the the trs80 remember what i used to take my notes on the trs80 model 102 yeah, like yeah. the slab it's exactly looks like that it's a little smaller but that little thing out of the top is a thermal printer <laughs> yeah i don't like the printer sticking out the back necessarily but this version I mean, you doesn't can take that off yeah it comes off yeah fun 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 hey so we are at the part of the show where we need to drink beer Please. So I got my frosty mug here. Now it is not my Doug mug. It is a small Spaten Munich German mug that's honestly just not big enough for any beer, nonetheless, a full size German beer. But right. I've got that. And then you and I are drinking the same beer tonight. That's right. And this is a beer I provided for you. It is 
called Coconati. It is from Shadow Puppet Brewing Company. It is a coconut porter. And I've been looking at this thing in my fridge for a while. Yep. You didn't give me a couple of these, did you? Did we drink this? We didn't drink this on the show yet. Nope, we haven't drunk. Okay. We haven't had it on the show, and I probably I might have given you a couple though. Oh yeah. All right. So this is a. I'll be honest, a fairly unattractive can, in my opinion. It is a. I agree. Orange, but it's like a peeled metal orange that. Um, to me, it's like copper. Kind of yeah, like fake copper. Yep. Um, there is a picture of a skull with sunglasses, but the skull is also a drink, like a tropical drink. And there's instead of a skull and crossbones, I guess that's supposed to be like a skull and two cross palm trees. I feel like I understand what they're trying to do with it, but it all doesn't work. Uh, that's right. From Shadow Puppet Brewing Company, which I do like their logo. It's a person doing a finger puppet of a dog, <laughs> a shadow puppet. Um. 8.1% alcohol by volume, 16 ounce tall boy. So we better like it because we got an extra four ounces to drink. And yep. toasted coconut complements the rich chocolate and espresso notes from the dark roasted malts. So this is going to be a love it or hate it right here. That's right. Livermore, California. And spoiler alert, I'm not a fan of coconut. But, and I haven't had this one in a while. I, I will admit I've had this one before. I don't remember how strong the coconut is so i might be pleasantly surprised all right i haven't had it in a long time so well my friend cheers cheers so so far i've only suckled on the foam (laughs) Um, i'm trying i don't want to put a big old foam mustache on on just yet but i will say that like Candied coconut, I really like. Like Almond Joy and Mounds, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, with that in mind, back in college, I remember going to a street fair, and some guy was selling those coconut drinks where they just cut the top of a coconut off, shove a straw in it, and have you drink the milk right out of the coconut. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds amazing. I bought one. It was the most disgusting thing ever. It's no good. I tried to drink some of it and and save, you know, I paid a lot for it, especially because I was on a college budget. No, I had to chuck that thing. It was terrible. Um, yeah, so this uh, this I'm going to tell you right now because I just took a sip of it. It's better than I remember it being. I'm not going to say it's great, <laughs> but I'm saying it's better than I remember it being. The coconut isn't in your face. It's pretty subtle. Um, I can smell the coconut in it though. Yeah, the the coconut is. It's it is that confectionery kind of candy coconut that I typically do like. And I don't have any issue with that, but I would say the main flavor is a sickly sweet. Yes. Whew. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, I, <laughs> I think the way you said that last, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you're about to echo what I'm about to say, which is, I think the first sip wasn't that bad, and I, the second and third sip, kind of tell me oh wait this is going to keep building <laughs> isn't it funny because that's exactly what i was thinking like they took the first step and i was like oh this tastes better than i remember it and then i took a second and a third one and everyone got worse yeah <laughs> like like it's too sweet it it <laughs> now the coconut flavor is much more in your face um i i do remember why i didn't like this one so this is um 
This might be the closest thing that, to giving Howling Gorge a run for its money. You think so? I don't know. I'm not, I haven't gotten far enough down this thing yet. Well, we have a long show, so if you want to cut your losses and switch <laughs> to something else, I, I'm okay with that. I have, I have other beers in, in here. I know you. I don't think you do. Mm, nothing like a nice tropical um, beer for, for winter. Actually, it's interesting because it's, yeah, it's doing this whole tropical thing, but it's a porter. So it's yes. thick and and viscous and um But you think like chocolate and coconut would be good for someone like you who likes like Like a mounds, yeah. Like a mounds bar, but I don't. I don't like coconut. I don't like the yeah. flavor. I don't like the sugary ones. I don't like any coconut flavor. So yeah, it's getting worse as I drink it for me. I think it would taste better if they made the can like blue and white and made it look like it was an almond joy. <laughs> like they should have just leaned you into call that. It that. Yeah, this should be a, this Joy Almond, right? This is yep. a Joy Almond beer. Joy Almond Porter. Okay. It's not as bad as Howling Gourds. Well, it's taller than Howling Gourds. Yeah, I don't think it's going to make you sick, but also I don't know if you want to drink the whole can. <laughs> Eric, do you ever... Well, what's our rating system? We've got two beers here, holiday cheer. This definitely has the Christmas spice thing going on. Everything's yeah. spiced uh, during during the season here. Still want to do 12 major babies? <laughs> <laughs> did, what, what, did we do that last time? Yeah, it was 12 manger babies. 12, okay. Like 12 days of Christmas, 12 uh, babies of the manger? Yep. Um, I like manger babies better. I'm going to trademark ma- that. Manger babies. <laughs> manger babies. Oh, man. If I'm rating this honestly, I'm going to give it 4 out of 12 Ooh. manger babies. I, I had 5. I had 5 okay. in my mind. Yep. Not not great. Not great. I'm going to try to and finish. I, so I apologize. I'm going to try to finish this glass. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to pour the rest of the can in my glass, but I'm going to try to finish the glass here. Yeah, same here. I didn't pour my whole one out, so I'm going to try to finish that as well. But, you know, experiments like these, Eric would not be possible without people like our show sponsor, RetroRewind.ca. Exactly. You want me, let me tell you a little something. Please. So RetroRewind.ca, they, they do specialize in almost all Commodore computers. In fact, I will say all of them, because even if it's not listed on here and you call Frank, he's probably, he can fix something for you. He can give you caps, whatever you need for your Commodore computer. But that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the Tandy Coco because that is the one other computer Uh, listed on here that he supports. And there are a ton, 13 different items for the Tandy Coco. And some of these are as pedestrian as capacitors, but as important because the Coco, you know, if you want to keep it in tip top shape, you need to either replace the capacitors yourself or you need to send it to him for a recap service um, which is generally runs you about 40 bucks. But if you have a Coco that doesn't work, you can get a Coco diagnostic cartridge that will help you diagnose any problem you have with your Coco. Um, if you want to do an upgrade on your Coco, he has the Hitachi 6309 CPU upgrade, which is a very popular upgrade for your Tandy color computer. And if, you're not, if you aren't comfortable installing that yourself, he has an upgrade service for 48 bucks. Boom, send it to him. He'll replace it. Pop that CPU, that upgraded CPU in there. But the most important upgrade for your Tandy he provides as well, and I think you'll agree with me on this, Cody, is the Coco SDC. Absolutely. 
you can't go anywhere on your Coco because how are you going to load something? You're going to go buy a big clunky disk drive. You're going to buy a slow cassette adapt cassette player. No, you're going to get the Coco SDC, which is an SD card solution for your Coco. Frank's version of this is a black cartridge that has a very nice and neat white logo on there, a white label. It exudes quality. Um, it, it does. It looks really good. Mine looks crappy. Yeah, I, looks I like, paid more than Frank is charging, yeah. and I got a, uh, because I bought it before, uh, I knew about RetroRewind.ca. Same. And I got a kind of half-assed uh, 3D printed uh, cart for that kind of sometimes fits, t- sometimes takes a little elbow grease to get it to fit. This thing yep. looks legit and is at a great price. Yes, exactly. Mine is lime green. Lime green. I got a white one. Green. I got a white one, but this black one with this high quality label and perfect fit and finish. Is the and way I'll to tell go. you, it is as simple as plugging the cartridge in, picking whatever game you want, and you're off to the races. So that's something you really need to get. Uh, but capacitors are a big deal in in the Coco, so he has everything you need if you're going to try to do it yourself or ship it to him, and he will turn it around very quickly. Now, these already low prices that you get to fix up your Tandy Coco. Um, if you log into the website, now you got to set up an account, log in, you pop in the code PG10, and you're going to get 10% off of the already extremely low prices that Frank has over at Retro Rewind. And I should mention, though, it's not just Frank. He's got a team of people, elves, if you will, since we're in that season. <laughs> He's got elves working in the back room, fixing up all these computer systems. And I will encourage you, if you have any Commodore computer or a Tandy and it's not working or it's not working right, that's important. Sound's not working. Video's not working, whatever. Send it to Frank. I will tell you. He's in North America, so if you're in North America, it's fast shipping. If you're anywhere in the world, it's fast shipping. Frank will turn that around quick and get you back up and running. So RetroRewind.ca, PG-10, save 10%. Perfect. It'll be good to go. Wait, Eric, would you say uh, you just pop that in there and boom, Frank's your uncle? Exactly. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark, Pixel Eric. Guide. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I think it's time for us to dial up old Timmy Poo. How about that? Yeah, perfect. All right, Tim is on the ringer. How are you doing, sir? I'm on the ringer. That sounds painful. Um, yes, I'm <laughs> fine. Hello, everyone. How are you guys? This ghost from Christmas past is known as Tim Drew. <laughs> now we're, we've got yeah. a lot of uh, people writing in. They missed you on the show, Tim. We missed you. So awesome to have you um, in person this episode and uh, in in uh, in recording last episode. So. Well, I've I've missed everyone, and I'm so happy to be back. It's really, really good. I've I, missed you guys. I know you've been having tea, but you haven't had tea time with Tim on the show. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. It's <laughs> coffee time again. <laughs> coffee time. It should be really coffee time with tea. We need to make it more accurate. Um, <laughs> although I did have some Yorkshire uh, yesterday. Uh, Yorkshire tea. Is that a that's and a thing, so you right? Should. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. If well, I won't. I won't say the exact phrase, but it's to coin a phrase. If it's not Yorkshire, it's not very good tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I I drank it because I had it, and I ran out of my go-to tea. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. 
it is um, good. It is good. And um, another, another big fan of tea is another one of our awesome Patreons, which is Josh Malone. Oh, really? I did not know. Yorkshire tea. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big tea drinker. Well, I, we'll get into that and catching up. I enjoy it more than I enjoy this coconutty beer, which I am trying to swallow down. It has is the it unique really property. It has a unique property, Tim, where every drink gets worse. It builds. So the first one. So the first one I took, I was like, "Well, you know, this isn't this isn't as bad as I remember." And then the second, third, fourth, it's like, "Oh, this is one of the worst beers I've ever had." So uh, did did it get the obligatory woof? We did not let out a woof. No, we did not woof it. Wow! But but okay. it should well, have. It's, it's built. It's building up to a woof. Then it's it's, it's definitely it woof worthy. Definitely woof worthy. <laughs> Um, Tim. Yes. And I quote, hold on, let me pull up my notes. I, I apologize. It is time for the Tim's super fantastic Holly tinsel covered and gift wrapped holiday season game show. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I should start like the music, but uh, I'll just go with this. Yogurt. All right. So we're. We're oh in? man, it's, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> so we're into a game show. Tim not only did put put a tea time with Tim together, he also put together a. Uh, I'm not going to try to read all that again. Tinsel wrapped game show. So um, I guess is this Eric and versus Cody, or is this a team thing, or what are we doing here? It's an it's a Cody versus Eric, or Eric versus Cody. Um, I, I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to losing another game. So. Um, some rounds you're going to need a pen and paper for. Okay. Oh, some right. rounds you're just going to have to shout out the answer. Okay. I like it. So I like it. Get uh, get pen. yourselves ready. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for this. I gotta. It's a game show, man. Come you gotta on, be Eric. prepared. If if it's if you never know, I'm going to do a game show. I ain't got no fancy wheels or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. And Eric, that you are now the um, official Scrooge of the game show. Yep. Okay, um, I'm ready. I'll get in. I mean, okay. I was going to say I'm Tiny Tim, but that wouldn't work because we already got a Tim on the show. But all right, anyways. <laughs> okay, are we ready? I'm ready. So this this is the whatever title I gave it game <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> this holiday season, we're going to quiz it up with a game show all about the games market in the holiday season. So let's okay. get into it. There's a wolf. Round one. (laughs) (laughs) Round one is Santa's special round holiday releases through the years. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question and you basically just have to give me the answer. There might be one or two multiple choices in there, but some of them are just going to be flat out. You've just got to know or you don't. All right. All right. Writing this down. Okay. So first question. A holiday season smash was Sonic 2 for the Sega 8 and 16-bit systems. Can you tell me the year it was released? Hmm. So a relative softball to start with. <laughs> I've got my answer. I've got my answer. You know I don't like Sonic. <laughs> this yeah, is why. Most people, most people know roughly when Sonic 2 was released. I don't. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Cody, let's have your answer first. 1992. Oof. Okay. 93. 
I'm closer. And Cody, you are correct. Oh my goodness! Let's see. They don't have my sound effects ready. We'll just. It was like. We'll just use that one. <laughs> Ooh, you're pretty good at reproducing those. It was double. That was an echo. <laughs> I like it. Well, it's close. Hey, I'm proud well, of. I'm proud of myself just because I got close. You were, you you were one year out. Well done, Eric. Very good. Okay. Uh, in 1988 was an awesome year for video games for the Nintendo NES. Can you pick out the game from these December releases that was not released in 1988? Hmm. Okay. okay. Ready? I'm ready. So we got Mega Man 2, Bad Dudes vs. Dragon Ninja, or Mario Brothers 3. So in 1998, those games were pr- supposedly released. Which one wasn't actually released in 1988 on the Nintendo NES? I'm ready. I'm ready as well. Okay. Answer, Eric. Uh, Mario Bros. 3. I concur. You guys are correct. Yeah, yeah. I got something right. Mario Bros. 3 was actually released in 1988, but it was released on the Famicom in October 1988, and not until July 89 in America. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Final question in round one. Which of these three consoles got their release in the run-up to the USA holiday season in 2000? Was it the Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, or GameCube? So which of those consoles got their release in the run-up to the USA holiday season 2000? Dreamcast, PlayStation 2, or GameCube? I'm ready. Got the correct answer right here. Go on then, Cody. I said GameCube. I said GameCube. Sorry, guys. It was the PlayStation 2. What? Dreamcast (laughs) was like 1999, right? They came out early. Early, early. Yep. 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 So uh, it was the PlayStation 2, and that came out in November of 2000 in the EU and uh, October in, uh, yeah, in North America. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Round two. So this is Ben Elf's shout-out round. So basically, you just got to shout out the answer when you know it. Okay, perfect. Okay. I, don't, I don't yell like, buzzer! <laughs> or my name, Cody! Well, you can do. You can do or, that if you want to. Or Eric's name, Let me loosen up my mouth here. Yeah, yeah, yeah let, let, let's hear a Cody and an Eric. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's shout out your name okay. first. And all right, go all with right. the answer. Okay. <laughs> I hate this. We, we <laughs> want to shout out, Eric! <laughs> Cody! <laughs> All right. Okay. All right then. Um, Eric, you, Eric, you can be Santa, and Cody, uh, you're Rudolph. There you go. Right, <laughs> Sounds good. Santa, I'll be Santa. All, all right. right. Down with Rudolph. I'm down with some reindeer games. Are you calling yep. me fat? <laughs> no, I'm just calling you Mr. Beard. <laughs> all right. I'm right. Ready. So. Uh, so I'm basically I'm going to read some clues to the game, and then when you think you know the, what the game is, you just got to shout out. Okay. Uh, 
So this game went down a storm in the holiday season 2001. Can you guess the game from these clues? So we're ready. Boost. JP. Kaori. Uh, Rudolph. Si- is this SSX tricky? It is correct. Well ding, done, ding, Cody. Ding, ding. All right. Nice work. Okay. Next up. Released in December 1987, this title used to get people buying a copy of the game and a system to play it on. Are we ready? Ready. Yes. Theron. FTL. Lord Chaos. Firestaff. Atari ST. Dungeon Crawler. Ah. Oh. We need to know this one, Eric. <laughs> we should know this one. Atari ST Dungeon Crawler. Santa. Giving up. All right, Eric's okay. going for it. I'm going to say that is... Uh, for the show, Dungeon Eric. Dungeon Master? Correct. Well done, oh. Eric. <laughs> We're tied up. Yeah. I was going to say that, but I always forget. I, I always think of that as an Amiga game, but you're right. Okay. I knew Master. I just couldn't remember if it was Dungeon Master. <laughs> all right. Well done. Well done. I don't know FTL, but that's all right. Yeah. yeah. FTL is the publisher. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, released in November 1991 in America, a whole year after, on December 1992 in Europe, another superseller for the holiday season. Uh, there we go. Right. You said you said the you ready? Ma- the Mega Drive? Is that what you said? No. Um, oh, you didn't, didn't say. Okay. I didn't say specifically. Okay. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Santa and Rudolph sequel double jump treasure chests platformer Arthur armor I should know this Santa oh yep ghosts and goblins no Uh, Rudolph yep ghouls and ghosts yeah Okay, I'll give you that. It's Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yep. yep. Super Ghouls and Ghosts. On Super <laughs> yeah, Nintendo. he deserves that. I blew it. I, I named the one that was earlier. That's why I said sequel at the beginning. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I heard Arthur, and that's why I was like, oh, shoot. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll, well I'll done, guys. Take the lead on a technicality there. <laughs> okay, so we are... At the moment, we are... One, two, four three, to three? four. So four to two. I think Eric, you had three, didn't you? Well, we were just tied, so Cody just yeah. came ahead by Four to one. three. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Eric and I agree, so let's, let's go with that's, that. That's fine. Okay, so the final round. We're going to be putting this game show out of its misery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's good it's so far. It's Rudolph's random round. So these oh. are just kind of like random holiday season-related questions. Uh, about games and stuff. So is okay. this uh, yell out or is this? Uh... No, th- this is uh, this is a give me the answer. So All I right. just write it down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
So in 1991, a popular 16-bit title got an exclusive demo with a Christmas theme. Can you name that game? 91. Okay. I got it. 16-bit is the is the is the key here. Yeah. I think I got it. Yep, I got it too. Okay. Ready? Uh, Yep. Lemmings. Oh, you might be right. I said worms. Lemmings. Cody, you are correct. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's it. No. So technically it's lemmings in brackets, Christmas demo, but Cody's close enough. Well, the way you asked the question was a certain game got a Christmas themed demo. Yeah, okay. So, so okay. you know, that one I will. <laughs> that one's not a technicality. I actually got that one. I'm going to blame okay. the coconuts. Super Ghouls and Ghosts, yeah. I admit, was a technicality. Every answer you get wrong, just blame the beer. It's rubbish. Oh, I will. <laughs> I'm oh, still I'm drinking good. it somehow. Okay. Oof. So, <laughs> the look on your face, though. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's like, oh, mm. I'm wrenching. <laughs> Next question. This popular 8-bit character was famous in 1985 for a well-known game we all love. In 1987, there was a special Christmas release for the ZX Spectrum based on the popular platform games. Can you name the game? So it's a popular 8-bit character for games we all love. And in 1987, there was a Christmas release, a special one, uh, for the ZX Spectrum. I've got an answer. I am dropped. <laughs> I am like completely just drawing a blank. Um, my my answer sheet is shaking. I don't. I don't have an answer. Can't don't have an answer. Okay, come on then, Cody. Bring it home. I don't know if this is correct. But I just went with horoscope skiing. All right, no, sorry. Ah, all right. <laughs> it's uh, it's based on Monty. Monty Mole, Mole yeah. And I don't know what called it's called though. Moly, it's called Moly Christmas. Huh. And it was uh, a cover tape, I think, on your Sinclair in in Christmas nineteen eighty seven. Okay. I was thinking okay. Monty Mole as well, but I didn't know. I've never heard of Molly Christmas, so that's news to me. If I, okay. That's crazy. If I was being tortured, I would have uh, tortured <laughs> to get that answer. I would have, I would have lost both testes. <laughs> someone's okay. getting someone's getting testy over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you might be able to bring it back with this one. So uh, last question then. Okay. EA captured video game history. Uh, throughout the holiday season's uh, games charts in 1993 to 1997 with their FIFA soccer titles. So they were number one between 93 and 97. That all ended in 1998. But can you tell me the game that toppled FIFA from its top spot? Now, I've given you some options. Mm. Was it Super Mario 64, Gran Turismo, the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or Pokemon Red Blue. Oh, wow. Super Mario 64, Gran Turismo, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time or Pokemon Red Blue. What was the top seller 
Christmas 1998 or holiday season 1998. I'm going to say Gran Turismo. I almost said that, and then you said Pokemon Red Blue, and I went with Pokemon. Yeah, I threw that in there. Sorry, guys, it was actually The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Really? That does (laughs) surprise me. (laughs) Exactly. I was surprised. I was exactly like you. I'm thinking, Zelda, Zelda, Pokemon Red Blue? Surely that must have put no. Or Gran Turismo, because that's the number one PlayStation game. Okay. Yeah, but no, it was Legend of Zelda. Okay. All right. So basically, it ended up five three. Yep, eked it out. Eked it out. Well done, guys. Maybe a technicality or two, but hey, who's counting? Thank you, Tim, for doing a game show. That was awesome. The the super mega tinsel covered gift wrapped Christmas quiz. It was pretty much that. Although I like the pizzazz (laughs) you put on it to really sell it there at the end. (laughs) All right, I am sharing my screen, which means. It is time for us to catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. Yes, that is a loud sound effect before I put compression on it <laughs> in the final mix. <laughs> that, that blew my windows out, that one did. <laughs> Excuse me, I must must take some coffee after that. Yeah, go ahead and have... I'll ask the first question while you take that coffee. No spit takes. Uh, Tim, do you have your Spectrum Next yet? What do you think? <laughs> I think your face give anything away i know i know eric ugly i know (laughs) eric doesn't have his but i feel like you could be doping me right now i'm saying yes tim i think you got it why else would you put it on here why why else would you put it on here you know tim did not i'm gonna say yes bob (laughs) Uh oh oh Oh, i have to do sound effects here i do not have it and i am not happy (laughs) <laughs> did you get a shipping a tracking number yet nope got nothing nothing zip zilch no um yeah i i, I just look we we all know how long we've waited for the for the for this darn thing to come through and they have been delivering they are they are real things they the, the project <laughs> has delivered so the kickstarter has delivered which is really really good it, and it's just really just a matter of shipping logistics, I think, at this stage. So the they, I think there was two containers that left China with the next. One was bound for Europe, and another one was bound for England, which had um, the stuff for sort of like the British Isles and um, America and other parts of the world. And the one that um, was bound for Europe docked first. And the last two weeks, I think it is now, uh, people across the European region, uh, not including Great Britain, <laughs> um, has been getting their shiny ZX Spectrum next. Um, so uh, I'm not not trying to be um, a grandpapotamus. Uh, what's, what's the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Is it? Is it? Dem Frenchies getting it? Are Dem Frenchies getting it before you? <laughs> I can't it's, stand it's not- that. It's it's not the fact of that. It's just it, the the irony is, isn't it? We've all waited so very very long for this thing, and the country, yeah, the region, <laughs> or the the place that developed the darn thing, 
couldn't actually get theirs. <laughs> yep. No, I, I get it. I get it. First. I understand America um, getting last. I'm, I'm okay with it in this instance, but. Well, you just never know. You'll probably receive them about the same time as we, we will in England. I don't think it's going to be too far off. The, the good news is, is that I went on the uh, Kickstarter page yesterday and I believe the next docked in Liverpool um, on Friday. Mm, so there is a chance that you know we may get them before Christmas here, and it probably be the week after in America. So you might have it in the week in between Christmas and New Year. Um, so we shall see. But they're here; they've landed. They're in the they're in the country, and then they're going to get shipped out. So that's good news. I'll play so it. I'll play positive. mine this week in your honor. <laughs> it's all it's all positive so that's so that's good um yeah we're we're happy cool but in the meantime Stay you have stayed busy with your commodore 64 yes i have well th- this is the one that i covered on tea time with tim and i don't know was that two months ago now is it <laughs> oh how time flies when you're not able to yeah. join the show yes exactly yeah yeah so i thought i'd just show you this anyway obligatory tim off the mic uh segment here he's bending over he's grabbing some dust bunnies off the ground and i still haven't had a chance to clean this thing up yet so it's oh, yeah. still super crusty <laughs> it's a crusty it half uh, bad though crusty commodore yeah. yeah no this i that i i don't mind dirt i don't mind dirt it's the yellowing like you can't clean off yeah like, so i don't don't mind the dirt so that that will come up quite nice but this is the reason why i wanted it is this keyboard so this is like it looks like the Commodore 64 keyboard, but it's the white colored rather than the, the the traditional C64C keyboard, which is a bit different. So that's the reason why I wanted this one is because it's got that. It's one of the early 64C C64Cs because you can feel it's got quite a bit of weight to it. I'm trying to grab mine to see what how it looks different. So there you go. Have a look. Oh, that arrow, you've got that the same keyboard, a, of course. No, no, no. Mine's definitely got... It spells out control. It's got the arrow up here instead of the dash. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the quick... So and it's, then... It's, oh, and yours doesn't have any of the um, programming keys on here. Yeah, so mine's got the arrow. Yeah, that's, that's because the big one. on the main bit. Huh. Interesting. Okay. There you go. Yep. Yep. So that, cool. if you look at your if you look at your page 64C, that's exact... Uh, Beige Commodore 64. That's the same one, the original one, the bread bin. But in white. Yeah. Cool. So this is the other thing that I wanted. For some reason, I collect these hunks of useless metal these days, uh, which is <laughs> another Commodore 64 style drive. And this is the, um, what is it, the Oceanic. Um, and it was also released over here. I think it was called the Accelerator Drive by a company called Evesham Micros. Um, I wanted one of these because these are much slimmer than the 1541s. I remember uh, seeing those in the ads here in the States. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I, d- I don't think one. I ever saw one in person. Yeah, so I wanted one of these for a while, and I've been waiting and waiting. Um, and then because it came up in that bundle, it was like, well, I paid about 140 quid i think for the whole lot with all the games and everything nice. and these drives are going alone for about 100 pounds so it was there you go to buy it. 
and then where is it? This is the controller that came with it. I'm excited about this. And this is this is definitely a woof. <laughs> Look at that. Is that it's like a it's almost, it's almost like a um <laughs> It's almost like a ColecoVision controller with that disc you kind of wobble around, but then the buttons yep, are on the exactly. bottom somehow. I think I have one of those in the garage somewhere. Yeah, they're they're just awful. Absolutely they are awful. I don't they're know really why bad. they ever. It's just it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> but you have it. And then yes, I have it. It's a museum piece at this point. Where is it? This is one. I wanted to show you guys, but also to Eric. So there's my yeah. the there copy go. of Ultima uh, 4 that came with it. And oh, like that clamshell. clamshell I've, never seen, yeah. I've never seen exactly, that from a clamshell yes. like that. Yeah, so it's it's in the, in the clamshell style case. And the map, where is it? So it looks like it could be a cloth map, but it's not. It's actually just printed on paper okay yeah not as cool but still i would take any map nowadays they should make maps in every game to this day yes yeah yeah i think our (laughs) yeah i think i don't remember seeing any other one other than cloth here in the u.s yeah right my copy of what is it ultima 3 that's got a cloth map in it yeah um but yeah, I mean this this one alone. If you if you go up on eBay, those are selling between anywhere between eighty and one hundred and twenty pounds. So. I love the clamshell case. I think that's. I mean, I my, ours is just a cardboard box, but it does have the onk and the. Yeah, I, so I have that exact box in my garage with Geos in yeah. it. Yeah. Geos, yeah, and that's got yeah. all the discs and everything like that. I've yeah. had to do a bit of repair. I don't know if you know, there's there's yeah. some um, sticky tape on the sides and all that sort of stuff on there because it was all literally breaking apart. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, that's my Commodore sixty four pickup. Cool, awesome. I want to catch you guys up on the Evercade a little bit, and I'll talk more about the Evercade shortly because uh, most of my catching up is uh, Evercade related, honestly. But um, this is kind of news, but it's not current news. But I didn't think to do it for quite a while. But I upgraded, upgraded my um, firmware on my Evercade Versus. And it was, uh, I think I had done it once before, but it's still on version 1 point something. So I was far enough back that I had to do an upgrade, which got it to a later version of 1. And then it immediately said I need to upgrade again. I got to version 3 point something. So there was a lot of upgrades that happened in between there. Now... The coolest thing about the upgrades, which I don't think we've talked about in this show, really. Uh, so you guys might have heard about it, whatever. It's not like it's a secret necessarily, but there's secret hidden games built into the firmware. Um, <clears throat> so I looked those up and I unlocked them all. And once you unlock them, they go into a secret folder where you just okay. go down to secrets and hit hit enter. And then it pulls up all the games you already unlocked. So it'll be like you, tr- you take all the game cartridges out, turn on the Evercade, press this button combination, a game pops up. Do you know what one of the games is that of note? No. Here, I'll grab it. I have no idea. There's a certain button combination, and this pops on your Evercade. No way. Rogue 64 (laughs) is a built-in secret game, one of nine on the Evercade. Um, That's a great game. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So um, I, I I played some Road 64 on my on my secrets thing there too. So and I know there's ones you can unlock by putting in two game cartridges. And I tried to look yep. into those. Most of those games are cartridges that I don't own because I never felt the need to. <laughs> 
Uh, and they're not straightforward. Uh, it's like put in the Galico Arcade 2 collection and this other random cart that has nothing to do with that, and you get this game. Um, so anyways, that being said, uh, there's some there's some that are worth just updating your firmware and typing in some codes. There's uh, nine free games on there, and I actually ended up playing a, like a couple hours of, of those free games the other day. So there we go. Mm, nice. Excellent. <clears throat> That's now, cool. Now this one says all, but... <laughs> yep. Eric, you and I talked this one to death, so really, this is Tim. I want to hear what Tim has to say about about oh, these two uh, games. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of the timeline's been a bit skewed for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to jump in a little bit on just to say how brilliant Cosmic Collapse is. Oh, um, man. On the Pico oh, 8, I've been, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing that a bit, and uh, yeah, it's, it's great fun. It's great fun. I, the only problem is, is I still haven't worked out because I've had to been playing it on the computer, um, I haven't worked out what button is the nuke button. So <laughs> I've been playing it without. Oh nuking. no! <laughs> yeah, it so, is. It is a little weird. You, it's the other button does gets you the the reticle, and then you move the joystick and you pick the planet you want to destroy. Then you hit the other button to fire the normal yep. button. It's either going to be Z or X. Right. I mean, those are the two buttons. So, yep. So, so right. it is weird. Okay. It is weird at first, like, cause you got to activate it, move it, then hit the other button to fire it. So it, it, it's weird, but once you get used to it, you get used to it. Okay. Cool. Yep. But my daughter was hooked on that game for about two days. Like she just, yeah. she couldn't stop playing it. And she was trying to beat my high school. I was hooked on it. it. And uh, it, 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 was, it was cool because I always like it when my kids get really into some of the games that I'm into. Um, but I did finally put the latest version on all my systems, Steam Deck, U console, all that stuff. And I've been playing the latest version. And it is, it is a lot. He fixed a lot. Yeah, so, you, I mean, you need the latest version. Otherwise, you'll play for hours and it just won't end. And then it glitches yeah. out. Um, so you need that latest version. But yeah, it's, it's really good now. And then, and then you also played uh, the the Golf Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, did I play that on Monday? I think I might have done it actually. There you go. <laughs> was it Tuesday? It might. Well, it's either Monday or Tuesday. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so this is a, a latest one, isn't it? From um, same creators of Cosmic Collapse, um, Golf Monday. It's great, great fun little game. Um, did you play that one as well, Eric? Briefly. Golf Monday, yeah. After you posted it, I I did grab it and played it, and but I only got to like hole four or five. But Cody said he played a whole eighteen rounds, right? I played eighteen holes. Yeah, I mean it's so quick. Holes, yeah. I think it only That's took like twenty five minutes or so. But uh, and yeah, there's just there's golf carts just laid out randomly along the course, so you just go walk and steal one. It's like GTA yeah. meets golf. Exactly. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then after about nine holes, the golf is like ho hum, and I'm like, no, I'm having more fun driving to the next ball, trying to run over people, parking my golf cart on top of their balls, jumping into the pond to see what that does. <laughs> but uh, I had how, some, I had some fun with it. How many times did you get hit by the ball by by other people smacking it? <laughs> I never did until the 18th hole. I hit somebody else, and I laughed heartily. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got hit a few times by people yeah. just literally, I teed off, walked off, and then they teed off and smacked straight into me. <laughs> See, I think they could really improve the game's replayability by, because I mean, the game is, is solid, but if they took that funny stuff, but actually made it part of the game, like, 
by getting hit somehow you lose points or you're dizzy so your next shot goes crazy like if they integrated that somehow into the actual scoring that would be hilarious and i think yeah. the game, I'm, I'm, that might I'm, be the next I'm, step I'm what we also want is when you um, when someone hits you or you hit them or something like that. We want it then to zoom in and then go on to full. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Like ninja golf. Yeah, what one on one smacking each other. <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, Eric, uh, you have on here yet again the U console it keeps rearing its head. Yeah, so this is my Eric's take is going to be on the U console, which is uh, something I bought, but I didn't know if you guys had ever seen one, so I wanted to point it out here. So this I waited a year for. I ordered it November 2022. It finally arrived. Um, it's a system. It's a little handheld computer. Mine is based – you can get ones with different processors, but mine is based on the uh, Raspberry Pi, the Compute Module 4. Um but you can swap in and out different CPUs, different operating systems. It's, it's made to be hackable and modular. Um, but if you notice, like there's a row for gaming. So there is like a directional pad, a left to right button, a full like X, Y, A, B, and a little trackball. And with Raspbian on here comes DOSBox emulator, Cave Story, um, a bunch of things I've never heard of and I haven't tried yet, so I'm not even going to mention those. The MAME arcade emulator, um, RetroArch, Tick 80, which is like Pico 8, uh, and then also I put Pico 8 on here. And this thing runs all that stuff just awesome. So I've been using this for work. Like you can check your email, you can web browse, you can do whatever, but you can also like, uh, since Raspberry Pi, there's a bunch of like, for my work, like there's pen testing tools, network tools. So I can take this to a client and I can leave it there or whatever and plug it into the network or whatever I want to do. But this thing it has a little stand. I mean, this little device is pretty awesome, especially for a little light gaming, like with Pico 8 or whatever. Um, so I've been enjoying it quite a bit. So my Eric's take this month will be covering my whole journey with it from ordering it, why I ordered it a year ago when I got it. Um, I'll be explaining all that stuff. But anyway, that's the U console. Very cool. Nice. I yeah. Like that. They, they look really cool, don't they? Yeah. It's a neat little Very system. Robust. I've been really enjoying it. Robust, you say? Yes. Robust. No, no one else is robust. The lineup on the Evercade system. Um, that's my segue. I've been playing a lot of Evercade. I mentioned that earlier, but I got some new games in, and these are straight up the alley of Cody. This is why I bought the Evercade for stuff like this. Um, real quick one that doesn't fit into what I just said. I did get the Home Computer Heroes Collection 1. Actually, it kind of does fit into what I just said, because it is seven new titles for the Commodore 64, but on a cartridge for your Evercade. Um, so we talked about that news. I haven't really dug into it yet, but... Man, I know we've talked about this for years, but it's the Evercade. You get a brand new enclosed clamshell with art and a physical cartridge, and there's a manual, and there's a little comic book in here for one of the games, and it's 20 bucks. I mean, come on. Um, this has me it's written all over it. Done, it's it? how it should be done. It's how it should be done. I also got two of the new carts, uh, Demons of Astaberg and Astabros is on one of those carts, one of their dual carts. So two... Uh, new genesis games in fact astabros i think came out in 2023 for the genesis um still only 20 bucks can't wait to dig into that i also got good boy galaxy and witch and liz 
and I have started. So Witch and Liz, I, I touched, I, I started up, um, and it's a really solid game, but it is a puzzle game, um, which is just not my bag. But man, polish and finish Wolf. is great. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and uh, but Good Boy Galaxy talked about that last episode it's um here i can pop it up real quick but it's originally made for the game boy advance and man this thing is like nintendo quality polish um i've already put five or six hours into it and i'm probably 33 percent done uh this they, they started making well they have one game i'll talk about here in a second which is one game per cartridge this game could have been that that way as well it, it's it's very good um and it, you know, you're this dog in a spacesuit, and you're going around. It's Metroidvania style, kind of, uh, but it's got a unique twist that makes it kind of its own thing. Where each world that you can fly to, uh, which you can fly to any world at any time, by the way, um, has kind of three gates that you have to work your way through, and each one of those gates takes away one of your special abilities. So, one will take away your gun, so you have to get through that part of the world with no gun. Uh, another one takes away your shield so that when you get hit, you die instead of the shield protecting you from your first hit and then regenerating a few seconds later. Or it takes away your jetpack, which means you can't jump very high at all. And it really changes up the gameplay. It makes you think about the levels, the layouts, how you're going to achieve things. And ultimately, you unlock different abilities, meet different characters. There's all kinds of things to collect. Uh, you know, Beating this game will probably take 20 hours. 100% of this game uh, probably adds a lot more time into that, maybe another 10 hours if you want to 100% it. I'm just guessing off the top of my head. But man, it is fun. It is solid. Music's great. Graphics are great. Brilliant game. And then the last one I'll talk about, uh, we, we talked about a lot last month with Full, Full Void, or maybe it was a couple months ago. But this is a game that um, runs natively on the Evercade. It's not emulated. Um, and it's definitely a nod to like flashback and those types of games, which I've never really cared for in the past. But um, I got the the special edition version of this game, which uh, originally I kind of complained about because it is limited edition. So after they sold out of these, they were gone. I don't like that part of it. What I do love about it, though, is it's only ten more dollars. So twenty nine ninety nine for this limited version, the special version, it comes with the sleeve, which looks excellent. A big old art book. I say big old, but a uh, thick art book. The Art of Full Void. It's got a poster in here. When you actually open Full Void game here, you've got stickers. You've got a prologue comic book. And then you've got a full manual. Plus, the cartridge is blue and fancy because it's special. Um, you really get $10 or more of value for paying the extra money. I would love to see more single games released this way, just not limited. Um, yeah. You can still buy the standard version of the game for twenty bucks, but I spend thirty on a special one like this for for this anytime. The game itself, super uh, cool graphics. Graphics. It's definitely got that blue pink um, Stranger Things vibe. Uh, yeah. It is. It is a like post apocalyptic kind of world. You are a person. You, you know, you can't tell if you're male or female, which is nice because you just kind of interpolate yourself into the game. Uh, running around this world in the sweatshirt, escaping these kind of crazy cyber AI baddies that are chasing you. Um, and it's like flashback, those kinds of games, but the controls are tight. It's very easy to tell what you're doing or not doing, uh, not frustrating like I think some of those classic games. Uh, very beautiful, beautiful set pieces. Um, 
and almost to the point where I think they're almost wasted because you will literally run right through three or four scenes at a time that were probably hours and hours to draw up. Um, so, but so positives, everything I said, the vibe, the gameplay, um, some of the problem solving is fun. It's puzzly, but not too puzzly. You're not going to get stuck. I think I had to look up a, a, a solution once for the game. Uh, bad news. I finished it in about eh, maybe maybe a little over two hours. Uh, wow. So I bought this one game, special edition, beat it in two hours. Yeah. Uh, good news again. I would play it again because it went by so quick, and I loved the vibe and everything. I'll, I'll probably just pop. Maybe you're down the road. I'll pop it in. And I'll play it all over again. I was going to so. say, I'd love to be able to beat a game um, and and get through a whole story. So that's kind of yeah. neat about that part. But, yeah, you paid a little extra money. Two hours is pretty short. Yeah, I almost feel like this should be on the cartridge with Wiz and Liz and Good Boy Galaxy should be its own separate game. Yeah. But aesthetically and the kind of the package they built together with this game is super cool. So I do recommend really it cool. if you don't mind playing a very unique, uh, refreshing game that was very enjoyable for a little over two hours and then being done. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Cause we've been on the Evercade topic here. When is the Duke Nukem collection out? Or is it's it out. already out? It just came out this, this month as well. I didn't, there's two collections. Um, yeah. I didn't jump for those. Cause again, just, I'm not into the collecting games. I already have thing, but yeah, the thing is I've never played Duke Nukem. So, I mean, I, I never got into that series at all. It's so a great game. I, I would love to just have them all in one convenient spot you know what i mean i don't I, have to i wonder if you can plug a mouse into an evercade because duke nukem's are games that i think play much better with a mouse that's interesting yeah I, i'll have to look that up maybe you can you can plug it in but whether it'll work is <laughs> <It'll fit. laughs> exactly it will fit um and then that being said there um Oh, they, they, we were talking about in the news, but they just announced a, a Commodore 64 Collection 3 cart as well. So, more on the horizon. I'm excited about. Neat. Eric, yeah, what are your? They certainly uh, they've they've done it done it really well, haven't they? The Evercade it's uh, it's a it's a popular format. Um, they've got the the packaging and everything like that right. Um, I just uh, the, with the reimagined um, extra consoles and stuff like that. It's like Mm, okay yeah uh, i can see where they're going but um it's like uh, so you're releasing the same stuff with just different packaging again <laughs> yeah i mean it's 60 bucks and it's made in a way where they can display it at like a, a large department store so i think that's kind of the market they're going with that so yeah yeah i see it and i guess i understand why they've made a new brand to release those things because otherwise i'd be bitter that we spent more on a handheld and this is the newest latest and greatest and it's cheaper but it's a little different market. I get it. Yeah. I guess that they, they, they're getting their money out of it. So that's the main thing. And that means that they can keep producing the cartridges. So kind of feeding the beast. And you're getting your money's worth out of Zelda. I am. <laughs> I've pl- played pretty much nothing else. <laughs> it's one of those games that you can just kind of like keep going back to. Um, so yeah, whilst I was in the midst of things going on here, um, the days that I managed to get back home, um, Danica and I kind of like sat for an hour or two, just sort of like playing uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom again. Um, and uh, because I'd kind of put off 
some of the some of the elements of the game so uh, what they call the phenomena uh, so that's the i think it's the four different regions um that you have to complete the uh, the missions in um i've uh, sat down with Danica and we uh, completed all of those off so now all I've got to do is basically head up to the castle and go and beat um whatever is waiting for me there but I'm kind of waiting for the for the holiday season break to do that bit um but um one thing that happened it's a little while back actually um I've been using some of the glitches in the game uh, for things like item duplication and all that sort of stuff. Um, and one thing that happened a little while ago when uh, Danica bought her um, uh, Switch is that I had to do something to transfer stuff over. And that mean that I had to put my uh, Switch back online because it hasn't been online for months and months and months because no. I wanted to keep it on the same version to use, the, use this glitch. Um, so then the game just automatically updated and took me up to a later <laughs> version. So it ah. took out that glitch. So then I'd spent some time trying to get the, um, I think it's the Tobio's Hollow glitch. Um, and that, is essentially what you do is uh, once you're in this place, it's um, again, if you've not really played the game that much, you may not understand it, but uh, Tobio's hollow lives between uh, the depths and the main plane of Hyrule. Um, and there's a glitch there where you kind of like, you walk down this uh, ridge and about halfway down the ridge, it sort of like is just where it meets between the two. So mm-hmm. it's like on the border and if you uh, turn around and if you've got like a three or a five shot bow, you can select an item out of your inventory, shoot this up into the into the sky, and then it basically just freezes there. And then <laughs> because it's like a five shot bow, you, you have five bomb arrows or five bombs or five bits of food or something like that. And then you walk towards it, the items drop down, and then you pick them up. So you're du- duplicating the yeah, items. There you go. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> another one you can do with uh, is a weapons glitch. Um, and you normally do this in Tarrytown. There's a, a mechanic in Tears of the Kingdom, which is called Fuse. So you can fuse almost any item. As long as you can drop it on the floor, you can fuse it to another item. Um, so there's another glitch where um, you have to stand in a certain place do a certain button combination it throws the item you then save and load the game um and then that item then remains on the floor but your other your existing item stays in your inventory then you can take this item to uh, one of the little um uh one of the guys there that does um a thing to break fused item apart it breaks it apart and then you can pick up those two items and then you've duplicated those two items so i've been doing that with like lineal bows and all that sort of stuff so my my inventory is well stacked out so i'm uh, <laughs> using the glitch to gear up for um uh, going out and to fight uh, uh, was it dark ganon i think it is in this one and all the other henchmen that come across in all the other four different phenomena so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try and finish this off over the holiday season perfect so anyway, perfect that's, fun that's that's my update Ambitious. on the kingdom indeed <laughs> eric had adventures eric. <laughs> yeah so i went on a trip for thanksgiving up to uh seattle and uh, I ended up taking my Switch with me 
and I played uh, Super Mario Bros. Wonder. And uh, the people that are there, uh, which is my wife's, I want to say niece. I don't know. I don't. I get all those family stuff confused, but. Um, <laughs> But anyway, they are big into gaming and they have a Switch too. So they really wanted to, you know, play Super Mario Bros. Wonder because they haven't played it yet. So I put it on. But one of the cool things is now, usually I play solo on almost every game I play. They wanted to play multiplayer, which was fantastic. So we got a bunch of joysticks and and we played multiplayer Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And it was awesome. It was a lot of fun playing multiplayer in that game. Um, there's so many different little things that you can do. Um, and, and, and you, like most multiplayer games, like at first you're kind of stepping on each other and like, you're yeah. kind of messing up and someone's always falling, the game. someone's yeah. always falling behind or whatever. But once we got into the groove of it, um, it's, it's a blast. And I think if I remember right, you can play up to four players in this game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danica's got Super Mario uh, Brothers Wonder as well. Um, have you have you watched playing it much or played it at all? I've I've seen her playing it a few times, but um, I haven't had the chance to kind of like really sit down and and play the game myself. But again, that's another one on my list uh, over the holiday break. Um, I'm gonna once I've uh, completed Zelda, um, then I can bring my console back online, so then I can do all the updates and uh, get yep. Super Mario Brothers Wonder in in my console as well, and uh, have a have a, ga- a few games on that. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, she she was playing it for a while. She hasn't really picked up her Switch much in the last few weeks, um, but okay. I'm sure she'll probably go back to it as well. Yeah, I mean the the two key features, which I'm not a big Super Mario Brothers fan. I mean, I don't play. I didn't play a lot of the other ones back in the day, but. No timer allows you to explore a lot. And then there's shops where you can actually spend the coins that you pick up all throughout the level. So you can go to the shops. And if you're not a great player, you can just buy a bunch of extra lives so you can get through levels that maybe you're having a problem with. And if you're a good player, you can just enhance different features or what they call badges in the game to, to allow your character to do different things. So it really is like they, they almost like they looked at, me and we're like well what is this, this why guy. isn't this guy playing why what, isn't this guy Eric playing gonna like yeah <laughs> yeah why isn't this guy playing super mario brothers how could he not like this it's a it's like a perfect franchise and like why isn't he playing it and then they heard perfect. me on the show they heard me on the show saying well i hate timers and i you know i i want to be able to like tweak the game to make it either easier to play or harder to play or whatever and Eric they did the it heck all. out of it Yep. So they, yeah, they, yeah. they literally enhanced it to make it a perfect Eric game. So I'm really enjoying it and I'm about halfway through it, but multiplayer would be great on it. So cool. Yeah. Looks, looks like a good game. Yep. So this next one for me is going to be short and sweet. Uh, first, uh, the back bit, which we've been talking about for like the last two months and everybody on discord who hadn't heard of it before is now all on board and everyone's buying back bits and it's awesome. Uh, the device that allows us to put games on an SD card and basically plug into all these systems that we never could before. So the Intellivision and ColecoVision and all the visions, uh, not to mention Commodores and MSA, anyways, all the stuff. And uh, Eric, I had ordered last time, and now I have it in hand, all of those adapters. Yes. 
Um, and all those adapters, I bought them. Instead of spending $30 per adapter, I spent $99 per adapter to do the do-it-yourself kit because I love soldering. Um, so I sat one down one day. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and do one of these. I have a couple minutes here. Let me go ahead and do one of these because I can't wait. I love soldering. It's like the only thing in this world that's a tedious, repetitive task that I enjoy. Yeah. I really do love soldering. So I sat down and started. Next thing I know, I did all nine in about 20 minutes. And oh, now wow. I'm sad because wow. I want to do more of them. It's, and that's a lot of pins. It's I I'm when they're big when they're big I'm good at it. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, I can I just go, I can just go I boop, 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 and you yeah. get in a rhythm and you smell the perfume the perfume the I will call it perfume. It's a beautiful smell sure. the solder fumes. <laughs> yeah. And the more you the inhale the, perfume. the more you inhale the more beautiful it becomes because exactly, all of a sudden your world exactly. is distorted and. Um, so, anyways, I haven't <laughs> tested them all yet. I did kind of run my uh, multimeter across them, make sure there's no shorts. And I didn't screw anything up, but yeah. I've used the uh, 7800 one. Uh, love it. Works great. I've used yeah. the, the one for my MSX. I was hoping it would load quickly load some stuff I couldn't load before, and it doesn't, uh, but it does load all the stuff I, I needed it to, uh, so it yes. seems to be working pretty well. I still want to play with it, but I've still got like seven other systems to try, so when I get time, yeah. I want to do that. That was the short. Now, the sweet is uh, it's time for us to drink another beer, Eric. Okay. Uh, you're not going to get an argument out of me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim... I don't know if you yes. remember what you sent, but you sent this one over, and this is the last Tim beer that we have with a little extra age on it. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, this is from Sagatuck, Sagatuck Brewing Company. It looks like the word sausage. I want to say Sausage-a-tuck, but Sagatuck <laughs> Brewed. Tuck it your is, sausage, bro. <laughs> it's a blueberry <laughs> maple stout moving on quickly. Um, <laughs> this is actually the, the heaviest alcohol beer that Tim has sent. Oh. And uh, I was, that's I was going to say, yeah, that they're um, they're quite spicy. Those ones, aren't they? In, it's in got six six percent, twelve ounces, yeah. but yeah. beautiful little um, almost Coconut screen printed, eight. yeah, screen printed picture of a pack of blueberry stack of blueberry pancakes mm-hmm. with a, a little butter and a little syrup on them. So I'm excited yeah. about this one. So the, it looks this, good. This could, this could potentially be the episode of the doom of stouts. <laughs> Ooh, it smells good, though. It smells like blueberries. And thank you for sending this to us, Tim. And it says right here, made in Michigan. Yeah, it's just a bit ironic, isn't it? All those, literally all those beers were all made in America. Now they, shipped back. These have, these have literally circumnavigated the globe. Now, warning, Eric, uh, for allergies, including cereals containing yeah. gluten, this may trigger, so... Just making sure you're good. Uh, mm, it's got all the gluten. Yum, all the gluten. Yummy. I love gluten. I am gluten full. All right. Cheers, my friends. And then, Cheers. Tim, you got a coffee Thanks, on you? I have. Cheers. There we go. Thank you, Tim. This is from you, and I'm eager to try it out. Oh, I can smell the oh, blueberry man. a little bit. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know whether that's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Woo. Holy smoke. Okay. It's very blueberry. I'm Eric, guessing. yes. Does the taste match the picture? It exactly, exactly. <laughs> that it, is it's like it's like you oh, okay. opened up a maple syrup bottle that was like, hey, blueberry maple syrup, and you open it and you just drank the syrup right out of the bottle. Holy yeah, smoke! Smacks you across the face. So I'm guessing we're rating this as a beverage, not as a beer. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, as I drink, though, I'm tasting stout. No, it is a beer. This is yeah. amazing. Mm. It, 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 I, I, I like sweet stuff. So, I mean, I'm... This is not this sickly. Is so, so this coconut porter yeah, was sickly sweet, and it was gross. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like the yeah. sugar and everything. It was just like, I, I don't... It was, I don't it can't was describe it. It's gross. It's grim. This is somehow both a delicious stout and realistically the taste of like Saturday morning breakfast at the same time. I was just thinking about that. So it's like a stout with breakfast. Excellent. Oh my gosh. So how would you, how would you rate this out of 12 uh, manger babies? Out of 12 manger babies. That's what we were. That's the rating this month. Manger babies. (laughs) Power manger babies. I really (laughs) trademark. Pixel Guide. I feel I yeah, almost trademark Pixel Guide. Yeah, I oh, almost... man, we're going to have to do that as a game, aren't we? That's, that's up there. With, that's the that's the sequel to Stringy and Laurie, isn't it? There you go. <laughs> Welcome to Manger Babies. <laughs> Those are my favorite babies. It's actually just Stringy Laurie Christmas Edition. We just put a, like a a manger behind the truck and put a Christmas hat on it. Um, I almost feel like we need to drink the whole thing to really give it a full rating. But first of all, it is like pitch black dark. Oh yeah, it's I a can't. proper stout, isn't it? Yeah, can't see through it. Nope, it is a proper stout. It, look, it looks solid. So this isn't. So Tim, I know you thought. I think you thought this was going to rank at the bottom, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, the, I Out mean, of twelve manger babies. I'm going to give this a solid eight and a half. I'm going to wow. give it. I'm going to give it a man. Again, I, I almost feel like I need to drink it all to see if like the novelty wears off more. Or if it's, uh, yep, I get it. Well, rate it now and then rate it later. Like wait till we're further in the show and then rate it again. Yeah, like right now it's nine and a half, and it wow. If I, if it gets grams. old, it could Five go to grams. nine. It's weird. It's almost like if you want it, if you think about the the maple and the blueberries, that's what you taste. Or if you think about the stout, that's what you taste. You can kind of like it's complex. It's complex. It's whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that one's still on the shelf, so I may have to go and pick pick some of those up. That's, yeah, you got Yeah, Tim, your problem is you got to let it age. <laughs> <laughs> got to let this one age on the shelf oh, for a little bit. That's good. That's fun. Oh man! All right, cool. cool. Well done. Well chosen. Um, Eric, you've got steam coming out of your ears. Yes, <laughs> I got two two steam pickups this this month that I want to mention. Um, and they're both excellent games, but I do think one is better than the other, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, the first one is called Death Must Die. Now, this is a game that is a lot like uh, Vampire Saviors, that kind of game. But what it adds is a thick layer of juicy RPG elements, as well as um, a, a lot of rogue light kind of uh, components. So what you're going to get with this one is you start with a character, you're in a kind of an overworld, you go into the world, you fight in the world like oh, yeah. like what like vampire survivors, but then you can in the world you can pick up things whether they're power-ups or they're um like inventory items, so like armor, swords, helmets, you put those on, you can change those out, blah, blah, blah. You unlock characters as you go along. 
Um, I've been just really enjoying this game. It, it takes everything you love about Vampire Survivor style games, but keeps adding elements that really do fit in well with the game. So uh, you go back to the overworld, you unlock parts of the uh, of the of your overworld, kind of your home base. You unlock different parts of that, different characters. Um, I'm I'm just really digging this game, and it's really easy to pick up and play too. So isn't that crazy how quickly Vampire Survivors was ripped off and and uh, yeah, you know, by so many different franchises because it's not a hard game i I mean i understand i'm not a programmer but not a hard game to put together and program so everyone's jumping on this bandwagon but it's cool to see how quickly everything's progressed yes so i i'm really digging this game now tim cody (laughs) are you in love i'm in love guys I'm in love. I'm in love. I think we need to take make a list of all the games Eric said he's in love with and and try to quantify how much he's actually played these games after he said the Exactly. Game. This game um so the, so the interesting thing about how I found this game is that I read about the sequel. The sequel's coming out this year in 2024. The sequel is called Wild and I'm going to say a bad, a bad word here. So everyone cover your ears, tell your children to earmuffs. Put the earmuffs on. Um, the sequel is called Wild Bastards, but the game that it's the sequel to is called Void Bastards. And once I looked that up, I never heard of it, but it got very positive ratings on Steam. And then once I started finding videos on it, everyone was raving about this game. So the cool thing about this game is that it has a motif to it like comic books. Okay. First person shooter. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, part of it. So okay. don't don't get fooled by this part. So the game is like um, almost like Slay the Spire, where you know how you see a map and there's different paths to take as you go along the path to beat the game. Yeah. So this game follows like this little comic book motif, but it. I'm going to try to explain this game to where it sounds appealing here, but it. You follow a path and you're looking for parts for your ship. There, like you can see the the map part here. Once you dock with a ship, it turns into that first person shooter style, but it's not like this frantic, crazy first person shooter. It's very strategic and you can hit a key, the tab key, and you can go into a map of the ship and the ship shows you different rooms that are on that ship. You have to develop a strategy to get through the ship to get the parts that you need in the ship. And while you're doing that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, there's your oxygen will run out. So it's kind of like a timer. No, but, I, but, but you can pause to <laughs> exactly. like strategize. You can pause. Absolutely. At any point, you can pause, strategize how you're going to get through that particular ship. And there is a little console that you go up to and you can refill your oxygen. But you have to make your way through here. And the cool thing about this game and what they did really well is there are enemies that you can shoot that are easy to kill. But there might be a lot of them. But then there's enemies that are like unbeatable practically. And when you when you face them, you really are trying to avoid them. There's the map of the ship. So you have to plot your way through the ship to get the parts you need, get the oxygen you need. And you can close and open doors to lock enemies in rooms. 
I mean, there's so much strategy involved in just looking through the ship. But once you get your objective, you head back to the airlock, you go back to your your ship called the Stev, you go back, and then you um, you can craft with all the parts you gained on the ship, you can craft upgrades to all your weapons, all the devices that you use. Um, and that's where it becomes kind of like a roguelike, because if you die in the game, the cool thing is you get to take everything you made with you because it's on the ship. It's not... You're just a consciousness and a body that could get transferred to different bodies, but you can keep all of your parts and, and everything. So you don't lose anything dying. Um, other than, I mean, you, the character that you're building, you know, is lost, but you get to keep all the weapons that you made and all of that. And then you're just going down through the different ships in the galaxy map to find parts you need. And then once you build the key components that you need, you're just trying to get to the end to win the game. Um, but I never heard of this game, but I will tell you, I am loving it. It is fantastic. It and it is great. very comic book like, and you can use the sound and like it actually, there's like, the, I don't know if you saw it, but when you're in the ship, it's like different aliens and they're, have different names like like when they're stepping or when they're moving around they have different like things like you would see in a comic book like it's like ding 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 and it but it, they're they're spelled out yeah, in, the, yeah, yeah. in the world it's very stylistic but i am really really loving got a this great game. look to it yeah it's very cell shaded right like uh almost like borderlands yeah. borderlands <laughs> but comic book a little more so you're basically book. collecting resources on all these ships to keep moving forward and crafting new things, getting more and more powerful as you get through. And, and of course, ammo is always at a premium. So yep. anyway, that, this game is called Void up. Bastards. And then in the, in the year coming up, there'll be a sequel called Wild Bastards. And that is going to be more like on planets where it's like old Western motif. Like oh, where cool. you're, there's robots and stuff, but it's a Western where you have like, you know, six shooters and stuff. So, um, I'll figure this one a shot. For yeah. Sure. It is a great game. I am loving every minute of it. So, and it so is what, a game you playing that one. I'm you sorry. Playing that on your steam deck. I started on the steam deck and then I moved to my computer because it is a good game for mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, you can yeah. plug those in, into your steam deck. I can. Yep. Yep. But I also have a laptop to play it on. So it, it works fine there. So that's yeah. what I do. But anyway, cool. that's it. Nice. All right, Tim. Yet another pickup. What's that? Yet all another about? pickup. Okay. So <clears throat> this is this is part of the pickup. Oh, part of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know if you can see. Can I see, see a, a says on there? circuit board. And the, the LSI was, ARM. Was, it's an ARM processor. Yes. So it's an ARM processor processor. Okay. Or CPU, and this is part of. You make me sick, dude. <laughs> you were spinning that around, making me sick. Hang on a minute, I gotta lift this. Uh, oh, something oh, heavy. Beast. It is. Don't know if you can see that. An acorn. An Archi- wow. Acorn Archimedes A five thousand. Oh, so this man. is a, a big lump of computer, absolutely massive, um, and uh, unfortunately. It doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> so uh, let me tell you this, Cody. So like on the Mister, yeah, 
on the mister there's an archimedes core so like i never i don't know what an archimedes is but i found a hard drive image i mounted that and archimedes is a very cool system i mean it, it's like an amiga kind of i've heard about it but yeah i know very very little about it yeah. but I'm I'm trying to zoom in on this. I don't know if you can see. This is the reason why it doesn't work. And uh, Josh would uh, be very much on board with this. I had to get the damn battery out because it was corroded to heck. Mm. Um, I've actually, um, I've kind of like been speaking to Josh about this one. And uh, he he gave me some advice. I bought some citric citric acid, um, mixed up a solution of that and cleaned off the board with it. So this... This were, this area was absolutely awful. It was really, really bad around oh, here. Oh, man. Um, but it is, it's been sort of like corroded away. So there's a lot of traces and stuff missing. Um, one of the, I think it's like the little kind of like CMOS chip, like the BIOS chip on this one, um, that looks to be toast as well. Um, so... I don't know. I've I've sent off a couple of emails to for people to repair it. So one was to uh, Mutant Caterpillar Games. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And uh, Ian said he doesn't really take on the A five thousands. He said you could send it in. He might get a look at it some stage, but he's not really keen on it. Um, and then I know that there was a um, I can't remember their names now. Um, but there was a company on eBay that sell a lot of reconditioned Archimedes stuff. Um, so I shoot, shot him an email over and, uh, he said, um, send me some pictures and a video of the, of the board. We'll check out the corrosion, have a look. Um, so there's, there's a little bit of hope there, but it may be <laughs> the pale. Are those so pretty rare machines be... or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the reason why I got this one, is I, I, it was a, it was quite a while back now. Um, but it came from kind of like a family friend. Um, and their dad, their father was the developer of philosopher's quest on <laughs> BBC micro. Um, so this could have some development stuff on the machine itself. Oh, fun. Um, so there's a bit of, history to the actual system itself um so that's so cool I'm not sure not sure whether that will be uh, uh, a goer or not to get it going but the original hard drive is still in there that's so cool um, so we'll we'll have to we'll have to check that one out and next up from me is i got myself a raspberry pi 5 wow i actually uh, ordered it and it showed up huh it exists yep, yep it exists what's your plan so with that one took um, it's bit is a bit boring <laughs> to oh, be honest with you. All right, <laughs> it's, it's 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 really I got this because um, Windows 11 and Windows 10. There's an ARM version of of that. It's mostly for kind of like work stuff. I wanted to check out what it's like on there. Okay, um, but what once I've done that, I that will probably end up as some kind of retro thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I managed managed to get a Raspberry Pi uh, five, and I've got the case and all that sort of stuff with it. The only problem is, is the thing that I want to do with it requires the proper Raspberry five Pi um, 
power supply uh, because the Pi 4 power supply doesn't give enough voltages mm. um, to power external USB devices and all that sort of stuff because I want to um, boot off of SSDs and all that sort of thing. So um, the official power supplies, whilst you can get the Pis themselves, you can't get the power supplies. So it's like one or one or the other is, is in constraint. So I'm wait, waiting for that to come through. So, uh, yep. That's my uh, two recent pickups. Um, so, yeah, I will do something eventually retro with the Raspberry Pi. And uh, I think you've got something retro-inspired there, Eric. Yes, I do. I have the Retrobit Saturn Controller Pro. Came in. Cool. That's so a slick-looking controller. So I did pick one of these up because, this, as I've mentioned on the show many times, the Sega Saturn controller the six button six face buttons is one of my favorite controllers of all time i really like that style because i like fighting games and having six face buttons is really cool but this one um will work on an actual saturn it comes with the dongle that plugs yeah. wireless so you can go wireless into your saturn but it also has a usb 2.4 gigahertz uh wireless controller so you can plug this into a pc a mac or even the mister which is what i've been doing um, I've been loving this controller. It works. It is, is, is amazing. It has like the triggers. Um, it, it is awesome. It's not perfect. So I will tell has, you that it also has the dual analogs. That's, yep. The dual, it has dual yeah. analog sticks on the bottom and therein lies the one little problem. And it's a little problem. They're, they're little, yeah. <laughs> these li- these little, little and close together, huh? They're close yeah. together, and that doesn't bother me as much as they're just not very big. So, yeah. I mean, with, with you know, the big meaty hands I have, they are tiny little nubs. And so, it, I, but to, frankly, I'm using this on my Mister mostly. So, I'm using it on, you know, Sega Saturn and below. So, it works great for all the retro systems. Yeah, um, it's a solid controller, long battery life. Everything's great, but playing it all like with the PlayStation Core and trying to use these little tiny analog sticks. Now they're supposed to be Hall Effect, um, you know, uh, analog sticks. Yeah, who knows what that really means? It's like witchcraft, but they're supposed to be more better. <laughs> so they're more better analog sticks, I guess. But whatever they. They're fine, but I don't know how well they'll be stand up to really hardcore gaming. And I'll find that out in the next few months. But hardcore up. That, other than that, so far, this is a great controller, and I'm using it mainly on my Mister for everything, and it's working great. So that's Good that. Stuff. So <clears> this <throat> is Retrobit uh, Saturn Controller Pro. Cool. Can you, can you just go ahead and order those? Can you? They're not in yep. like construction. They're not. Or? They're not pre-order now. They're all just available. You can get them in black or what I got, which is the Saturn. Uh, I think that's the Japanese, Japanese version. Saturn. Yep. The yep. Sap- yep. So it's white with yep. multicolored buttons. Yep. That's it. Yep. Cool. That's my favorite style. Yep. I think I'm up next here. I'm trying to find a good image to talk about this, but basically uh, a large part of my last month, um, I mentioned it last episode, but we, my, my family, we went to a VRBO, uh, vacation rental by owner, whatever they're called. And um, one of the perks of this place, not only was it a, a really cool getaway in Palm Springs where we were 
getting into sunny weather and leaving the rainy weather, hanging out by the pool that they had there. But they also had their entire garage at that facility, and I do say facility, uh, turned into a big old ar- uh, arcade slash game room. Uh, so there's like air, air hockey and the little uh, little ice rink, the bubble that you play ice hockey on, and there's a pool table, there's a shuffleboard, but then there was a couple of arcade games, uh, namely Mandalorian Pinball, which is a new pinball machine that was I've never played. I was really excited to see that there. Uh, Golden T99, which I played a bunch of Golden T golf with a big trackball that you spin while holding a beer with the other hand. And then they also had... Um, I can't remember the exact uh, style. I know a lot of people make these, but it's um, two side-by-side. They had two of them linked together, and it was um, a racing emulator, but a racing arcade setup. So you had the cockpit and a steering wheel. And um, and I quickly looked it up and learned how to like restart the machine and select up to a hundred. There's like 101 games or whatever built in. Um, unfortunately, to, on that one, we had a blast driving that thing and having a good time with it. A lot of it was emulated, like, Nintendo 64 games and stuff on there. There's a few arcade games. Uh, the only one that actually connected where the two racing seats connected was Daytona. Daytona! So you going to do that. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> uh, so we that was the only one you could really play against each other. The rest of them were just kind of on your own. So I was a little let down by that. But the only one I really want to focus on is mandalorian pro pinball i love pinball uh this is a stern release that came out i think in 2021 so fairly new machine and this is the pro edition you can always also get the um oh i forget what they call it the the two uh, there's two upgraded editions this is the lowest edition um and it's a fun game. I, I put hours into it. I made sure I filled up all the high score tables so that uh, anybody playing from then on had to look at my initials. Um, and there's some really cool stuff in here that they're doing now with pinball machines, but you can play a standard game of pinball. You can play two-player pinball, and there's a different score sheet for that. You can play um, one-ball pinball, and there's like a score sheet for that. Um, but the table itself, bright, um, you know, great Mandalorian Star Wars art, kind of comic book style art. Um, the rules are pretty fun. Uh, great. The screen had great uh, call outs and great um, videos and, and things for you to, to shoot for and try to attempt. Uh, that being said, for a new Stern, I will say that the play field itself was actually kind of sparse. Um, it's a very simple fan layout, which means, you know, there's kind of a standard shot, uh, arcing from the flippers to just kind of 30 degrees left to right. There's just a shot everywhere there. Um, there's ramps and stuff like that, but they really don't interact a whole lot. Uh, a lot of times you'll have like a special toy that is in there that does something special, like grab the ball and spin it around or, or drop something into the play field. There's really none of that here. It's pretty bare bones by modern standards. Um, there's a big Yoda in the back, which looks cool, but doesn't actually do anything. Um, the one thing that uh, this one did not have, the main toy, if you will, that the the more expensive version of the machine would have is in the back corner, there is a big... It's On this one, it's actually printed just right on the play field, and it's a big Mandalorian head. Like helmet, 
And it's got like seven little targets around it. And so if you hit this ramp after unlocking the mode, you hit this ramp, or this ramp right here, I think. It goes up here, drops in, holds onto the ball for a second while a little video plays, and then drops you into the Mandalorian head where you have one flipper, tiny little flipper on the right. And your goal is to try to keep that ball and hit as many of those targets to complete the helmet as many times as possible while you're in that little Mandalorian helmet head thing. On the fancier versions of the game, that entire section is actually um, lifted and raised at like a 45 degree angle. So you're actually playing like a little mini vertical pinball machine within a pinball machine, which would be kind of cool and novel because on this one, it's just a section of the of the pinball machine in the corner. Um, but yeah, that being said, I played a ton of this, lots of multi-balls. There's a shot right down the middle that if you just keep hitting that one shot, which is really easy to hit, you'll keep on locking uh, locking and starting multi-balls. And then once the multi-balls happen, there's all kinds of jackpots and super jackpots. And, um, you know, if I was going to give it a rating for, for a modern Stern pinball machine, it'd be like a solid B, a solid B game. I just wish there was something more exciting uh, and unique to it. Um, but overall, a really good game, and we all put a ton of time into it. So there we go. I think I sent you guys pictures of the arcade we were in, the little the garage. Yeah. You did, yeah. Look, look good fun. Um, Cody, I do have some errata. Ooh, errata. Um, yes. That's not Yoda. That is Grogu. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, that is baby Yoda I, and or Grogu. You are correct. I, am, I, I just said Yoda, and I am at fault. <laughs> um, I, i'm not even sure i'm saying that um, name right love it love it but anyway <laughs> I, thought I, I thought i'd nip that errata right in the butt Thank right you. now for no, someone emailed us you. about that yeah well done there we go <laughs> <laughs> anyways mister what do you got going on here tim <laughs> See what I did yeah. yeah indeed so i have been playing a bit on the mister um as usual and um i managed eventually to get the saturn core working i had some issues with that um and i think it was down to basically the speed of my sd card um oh really would load off of it yeah it just it started up and then just froze it would go go to the sega introduction screen um copyright blah 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 start up the first part of the load it would either go to a black screen or it would just completely freeze and i thought well maybe it was some of the some of the um files that i downloaded so i re-downloaded those again tried it nothing um then i spoke to uh technician eric <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, yeah we we basically kind of like synced up on that a bit and you tested some of the same stuff that i did and you were yep. getting no problems with it we were all on the same version and all that sort of thing um so i then popped a load of stuff onto a usb um a three drive i think it was and um yeah it's been loading up off that fine no problem so that was nice. good fun um yeah you can't buy your sd cards at kmart anymore no (laughs) no more kmart sd cards big k yeah exactly um so uh there there was i I can't remember there was i was just trying out mr bones and games Mm -hmm. like that that shows how far (laughs) ago that i was kind of like trying to get in sync with the show then um uh but I, I cleared those few off and then I put a couple of others on there and I was trying to find some uh, some of the more weirder Japanese stuff. But I ended up gravitating to um, 
was it the Sega Ages stuff, but mm-hmm. the things that we didn't get over here in uh, Europe and America. So they did, um, uh, what was it, Power Drift, which is a brilliant oh, yeah. uh, sort of like Outrun style game. So they did that. So I was playing that. That was on the arcade uh, they, machine that I was, <laughs> our racing arcade machine. Yeah, it's great fun. I love that game. And the, it, fun fact, the Commodore 64 version of that is actually well worth playing. It's really good. Cool. Um, the other one was Fantasy Zone. They did a Sega Ages of Fantasy Zone. You can yeah. play that on loads of things, but that was that was fun to have a quick game on that. But one thing I did find, and I don't know if either of you guys have seen this, there is um, an MSX collection. Uh, I had actually Japan. I actually had a copy of uh, one and two. Oh, did you? Ah, right. Okay. And I and I sold it off because for multiple reasons, but. At the time, I didn't know what an MSX was, and I popped these games on. I'm like, they're slow and choppy. I'm getting rid of this because it's worth money. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know so, better. Okay, I, I thought I might have found something that you guys hadn't seen there, but okay, all right, oh, fair enough. So you know all about them. But yeah, I was quite impressed with that. Well, um, again, I, I got rid of it pretty quick, but I mean, is it, it, knowing the MSX like you do, is it a pretty good collection? I mean, I don't recall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's this it's literally all the Konomi stuff. So um, you know, it's got uh what was it, Penguin Adventure or whatever it is, um, yeah. all the hypersports, everything. It's brilliant. All the great Gradius um what was the what was the Parodius they did on there? Parodius Fun or something like Parodius that. Parodius Da? Da maybe, Pink? maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's a, there's a ton of games just on one of them and it's all the, all the Konami stuff, golf, cool. all, the, all the usual bits and pieces. But yeah, I would recommend if, if, um, I mean, I, I guess you've got the MSX core on there anyway, but, um, yeah, it, it's, it might be something worth grabbing and burning off onto a Saturn disc or something like that at some stage and playing on the real hardware. Um, but yeah, I, I just had a bit of fun with that and, Going on to controllers, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> because because of my um, because I'm using the Mister quite a bit more, and the impending arrival of the next, um, I got myself nice an eight bit dough controller that's, <laughs> in the Saturn that's a style. Good one. And uh, yeah, in Cody, the, you have that one. I do. That's what I use for my you next. Have the black one. I use you that for my next. One. Yep. 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 And, and, and that, after I saw why, Cody's. Yep. After I saw Cody's, I bought one. Yeah. But we both have the black one. Yeah, that's right. And I, I tried to find the black one, but it was only this one that was available. Um, yep. But that, that's okay. I, I, I like this color. That's the M30 with a 2.4 gigahertz wireless game pad that's for people it. out there. Yeah. yeah. And it is a good it, controller. It's solid. That's a great one. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was really pleased with that one. And I've, I've been, I've been using that one a fair bit on the Mister, And, and nice. like I say, that one will come in handy for the next when that comes through. Well, keeping on the Mister, Eric. Yep. And I stayed, I, I put this in, in this order because you were just talking about the Saturn core, but I hadn't been, I don't really follow the N64 core that much, but um, because last time I tuned in, which was probably a few months ago, the N64 was working, but you had to download patched ROMs to make it work. And it was like, I, I, I don't get in at that level because I'm like, well, it's, I can just boot up my N64 and be fine. But now I, it's part of my update uh, script that I run. And I got this update and it was just like, hey, yeah, you don't have to use the patched ROMs for a lot of the games anymore. 
Right now, the N64 core is at a point where it will play all the re released games, no problem. Um, and I tested Mario Kart and Smash Bros. They worked flawlessly. I had no problems with them. In fact, Mario Kart was smoother and better than any N64 emulator I've ever used. So um, I'm very impressed with the N64 core to the point where I'm looking to try to find a controller. And I reached out to my supplier of the snack adapters. And there's not a lot of snack adapters now for the N64, but he's working on one right now. And he has the PCBs. He's soldering all the stuff together and testing them. He's going to sell them on eBay, but he said he would let me know and I could be one of the first ones to buy it. So I'm going to be able to use a genuine N64 controller. Um, but for now, I've been using the um, my uh, my other like more like Xbox style controller and mapping the buttons in a way that works pretty well with the N64. So it, it, it's been working well. Yeah. I so anyway, that's, that's, that's so the N64 update. You should you should definitely jump in now. It is it is good to go. Yeah, I mean that's nice. that's been my problem recently is that I don't have an ever drive for my N sixty four, and I've been looking and looking and looking, and then I'm thinking, well, the Mister Core's probably going to have me covered on that, so I'd probably yeah. rather wait rather than blowing a yep. hundred and fifty two hundred pounds on a on an ever drive for that. I think I'll do it. Wait. And get the uh, get get the snack adapter, and then that will have me covered. So, and it'll probably be a fair bit cheaper. True, but EverDrive is super cool. Um, I'm gonna hop in here and talk about something else I did while I was down in Palm Springs, which was uh, because we had so many people in one house, we all kind of went to bed when the first person went to bed. <laughs> so I was sitting there in my bed, not having anything to do. Um, I brought my switch, but for whatever reason, just wasn't loving it. And then I, uh, I'm, I saw a free trial for Apple Arcade for a month. I'm like, you know what? What the heck? Let's let's try some Apple Arcade, which essentially gets you access to a hundred plus uh, iPhone games. <clears throat> kind of, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where they narrow it down to just the good ones. I forget the word they use. Um, Anyways, a few games I've been playing. I'm only going to talk about a couple of them. Galaga Wars Plus was on there. It's a it's a iPhone Galaga game. It's not great. Don't necessarily recommend it. Card of Darkness was pretty cool if you like turn-based card strategy games. But the ones I want to talk about are Mini Motorways, which is a game that's also on the Switch and other systems. But it's a game where if you're looking at this, there's these buildings of different colors that pop up and your job is to use the amount of tiles you have to draw roads between them and it's almost like sim city but where the houses show up and the uh buildings show up and your job is just driving or making um streets and motorways between these things so that cars can make deliveries from the house to the building of the same color and back in time without getting too congested so it's a really cool concept. I love the uh, color scheme, and I have, a, I have I've been having a blast playing that. Um, yeah, that game looks really awesome. So that's it's available on the Switch too, right? Yep. Yep. And I wonder if it's available on Steam Deck. Oh, I'm sure it is. Okay, I'm, sure I'm gonna look is. for it. This looks really good. I'll, this is my style of game. I like it. Yeah, and it works well with the touchscreen, so it, it fit well for me on the on that. So love that. Uh, but then the one that you have to try, especially because you we love golf games specifically 
Uh, we've already talked like three on the show already today. <laughs> um, this game is called What the Golf. Again, it looks like it's also on the Switch. Uh, it works really well. This one I think I probably would recommend on a touch screen, but I haven't tried it on the Switch because just putting your finger on the on the screen and pulling back and letting go is just really simple um, and uh, intuitive. But this game is funny. So you start and it's kind of tongue in cheek. You look up tongue in cheek. You kind of look like you're one of those Wii Wii motes or what are they called? Where you make your own Wii person? Yeah, the Mies. The Mies. There you go. And you're playing the game of golf, and you, you put your hand on the ball, you pull back, then depending on how far and what angle you pull back, that's where the ball is going to go, right? First hole is really simple. You don't even try to get in the hole. You just have to hit the stick. But what's hilarious about this game is the whole point of the game is for, to make you say, what the golf, right? So the first thing that happens is you, you, you hit the ball, hit the flag. The very next level looks the same, but when you pull back and let go, the ball doesn't go flying, your character goes flying. <laughs> and now you're shooting your character at the flag. And then and it just keeps getting weirder and crazier. All of a sudden, you're shooting, um, like in this case, you're actually shooting a, the hole itself that you eventually want to hit your ball in. And you're shooting the hole towards... The, uh, a one in the ground and when you finish it it says hole in one pun um, by the end of this thing you're shooting cows all over the place things are exploding there's soccer levels where there's guys trying to get the ball you're kicking around because now you're playing golf with a soccer ball and you're trying to keep it from them but you don't have to wait for the ball to stop you can like redirect it in midair it's just hilarious and fun and, That's crazy. Uh, and bizarre looks good uh, my, my favorite point was when you in the middle of the game, I mean, I don't want to ruin all the surprises. There's a lot of surprises, but the little arrow that you pull back that shows where you're pointing and how far you're, you're hitting, all of a sudden that goes shooting. <laughs> you're like, oh, wait, I'm shooting the actual arrow, arrow that I'm using to line up my shot now. Um, and there's just so much to this game, and I think they keep adding stuff, too. Uh, it's more of a, an experience than a game. So it's kind of, there are some levels that are going to, test you a little bit on, on how to beat it but most of them are just kind of playing through them and laughing at what the solutions are you don't actually get a score on a lot of these you either make yeah. it into the hole by the end or you don't <laughs> um it looks great yeah you've got to give it a shot it's funny so i'll leave it at that and uh i will downsize what i'm saying well tim you downsize some of your stuff yep so I've been uh, saying for a little while now that I need to start clearing stuff out. You have um, said this. And it's not immediately evident behind me, but I have, <laughs> been, I have been moving a few things on. And uh, one of those things has been, um, I don't know if you guys can remember, I've, I had multiple um, ZX Spectrum 128 pluses, the gray version, um, but okay, they yep. didn't work. I had uh, three or four of those, I think it was. Um, and uh, Josh Malone um, at 48K Ram, one of our uh, excellent patrons and also a very good friend, um, he reached out to me a little while back and said, do I have any Amiga A500s? And what's that got to do with Spectrums? I <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of like the genesis of what, what we uh, started talking about. Um, I said, yeah, I've got, uh, three or four spare still kicking around um and apparently these things are really really hard to get in america oh yeah um, you, you just you just can't find them for the right price and the right money in 
in some parts of America. Others, it's a little bit easier, I think. But um, anyway, so he said that he's got a friend that wants an A500. Um, I said, yep, I can hook you up with one of those. So whilst we were talking about that, I said, um, do you, uh, I think I, I put something on Mastodon or something like that about it. And um, that I was going to send these to um, Josh. And then a couple of people on Mastodon um, that follow me and also follow Josh um, said, yeah, I want one of those. I want one of those. <laughs> they started <laughs> so selling themselves. Up, yeah. So it's ended up that I've sent, uh, three um, uh, ZX Spectrum 128 plus two greys over along with the A500 um, and those have gone over to Josh and the A500 was all working so that was fine uh, so I think that's just about getting to its new home now because Josh has been buying a few bits to get it all up together for, yeah, for this nice. person who's, who's having it. But the 128 plus twos, he actually did some repairs streaming on his Twitch channel um, for those, which I was watching, which was brilliant. Cool. Um, and he's pretty much got all three of them um, all fixed and working. Now. Well done, sir. But he's also modding them up the wazoo. <laughs> Good. Um, so I don't know if you know, so there's a couple of little um, issues with the plus two grays is that um, they have one of the resistors or capacitors or something mounted the wrong way around. I've heard about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's fixing that. And then there's a, a rain fix or something. I, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it is, but anyway, Josh is getting all of those, um, going so um one is going to um i think it's poplo or something like that i think his name is um on mastodon and that's the creator of the um the gravis ultrasound pico oh wow and then another <laughs> one is going to miss mr cola who's like a twitch streamer so it's going over to him so he's hopefully going to be using that on his streams um so yeah those those i'm really really happy that they're being repaired um and that they're going to new homes and then one of them's coming back to me um so i'll have a have a completely modded up to up to date um, oh cool plus nice two. So I'm, so I'm really happy about that. And so some of the stuff is actually starting to move from here that's just been sat in boxes and stuff for years um, and, and finding its way to new homes. So I'm really, really pleased and, very, and working. Very thankful to Josh. Yes, exactly. And more importantly, working, not in a box of broken dreams. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. Speaking Eric's doing some, some troubleshooting too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saving something from the box of broken dreams. Um, so that Neo Geo MVS console, the one I consoleized, um, it stopped working. So I, it's just been sitting on my desk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just been sitting on my desk and, um, I haven't had any time to do it, but I did finally crack it open. I had to take the console part apart to get to the motherboard and I'm I'm troubleshooting this thing, and I've got a voltmeter out, and I'm testing pathways and blah, blah, blah. And I did realize something I should have noticed in the beginning is there is a light on the super gun that wasn't lighting up when I plugged it in. So mm. just for people that know, the Neo Geo board requires a super gun that plugs into the front. And the super gun is really just a little circuit board. It's not a gun. Plugs in, yeah, plugs into the JAMA port, and it allows you to use a power supply, joysticks, 
Um, SCART, there's a SCART connector on mine that I plug in via SCART. There's all sorts of, it's just like an add-on board. But I didn't notice that the little power light wasn't even lit up on that thing. So once I started testing that, I don't think it, I might, I think it might not be my Neo Geo board. I think it's the super gun. And so I tested that and that doesn't have any voltages going through it. I tested the power supply and that's doing the proper voltage. So I have another super gun on order, but they're all the only ones you can find nowadays are from China or Hong Kong. So they're going to take, it's going to take, it's probably won't even be here until January. I don't think you can save the one you have though, huh? No, I I looked at it. I I don't see anything wrong with it, but I don't know how it, as you know, they're all kind of, it's all integrated circuits and stuff. I don't, I don't really know. I think it's a chip that's bad on it, and that's not going to be something that's easily fixed yep. for me, at least. Um, so I just ordered another super gun. They're like thirty-five bucks. So I mean, it's not like easy. If, probably, if something's going to break, it might as well be that. Yep. So yep. I'm waiting for that to come in, and then I can finally that'll tell me for sure what the problem is. Um, so that's that. So hopefully, I'll have more information about that. But I did. I, I have been troubleshooting a lot of Neo Geo stuff. My second, but my last item, and I think it's the last item of our catching up, is that I, I have some special plans for Christmas. Ooh. So Ooh. I told you retro related plans. Well, sort of. So yep. I have. I told you that my neighbor is huge into Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Three, the new mm-hmm. one, and he's beat it a couple of times, and he's he's just really taking the reins on that. And I have it and I've started and stopped that game three or four times. Yep. He got his brother into it. Um, and then his daughter wants to play it too. So what we're going to do is his son is going to be in town for Christmas and we're going to get a bunch of computers together, put it in his house and we're going to have an old school land party. Yes. So we're going to boot up all these computers and everybody has to have their own licensed copy of Baldur's Gate. But once you do that, you can play a four player game of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign in Baldur's Gate. So I just think it's going to be, I hope it's going to be a blast. Um, It's going to take some coordination. I've got two machines here at the house that I can use. So I'm going to bring them over to his house and then he has one and then we're going to get one more over there, link them all up, connect them to the network, um, and use Steam and just play a four-player Baldur's Gate 3 game. So. so when we're hanging out at Christmas and we have all our family over and my wife's like, isn't this just a miracle? Isn't this just a magical? I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, but Eric's playing four-player Baldur's Gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm hoping for. <laughs> Like when we're oh, making man. like dinner, like with like Christmas dinner, we're gonna be like, "Well, I, hey, I, I can't really help. I gotta go play Baldur's Gate." Yeah, I mean, it would be rude for a guest to not have the fourth player there. I mean, the party is gonna get lost, yep. not know what's going yep. on. Because my neighbor's been <clears> bugging <throat> me forever to play like online a four-player online game, but I was like, "Let's just wait for Christmas when everyone's together and have a LAN party where we're so all cool. in the same room." So I'm hoping to catch some pictures of that and I'll let you guys know next month if that goes off. Can you dress up? Well. Please. Can you dress up as your character? Absolutely. Perfect. Well, how else would I play? <laughs> I mean, I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No more catching up. We're done. We've caught, we're caught up. We are caught up. We that brings us. Caught up. <laughs> so uh, Tim, what's the name of the next segment we do? 
six good games. Six good games. And what is the topic of this uh, this month's six good games? Uh, it is seasonally appropriate, although we haven't had an awful lot of this here yet, and that is games with snow. Fun fact. Uh, this year is the first year we, we went with friends because I've never done this before and it's not terribly common anymore, but I was excited this year we actually got a tree license and went out to a forest and cut down our own tree. Nice. Yeah. That's that a lot of cool. Fun. And so I bring that up because the the particular forest where our, we got our license and where our friends took us out to, about an hour north of here, and I have two-wheel drive on our truck, even though it looks like it's burly and it should be four-wheel drive, it's two-wheel drive. And, uh, oh, it was snowing. <laughs> and it got squirrely, and we barely made it out of there, but it was a blast, and uh, it was a great time. And, uh, so, anyways, there we go. Dr- driving your chuck truck with chainsaws what more can you want right yes <laughs> such, such, such a manly pursuit oh we brought beer and uh, smoked meats as well so oh nice <laughs> uh let's go in order here tim what is your first good game this month with snow in it okay so my first good game is and i think this one's maybe on the nose i don't know maybe whether everyone thought of this but i couldn't i couldn't ignore this so this is winter games for the commodore 64 it had to be done i've never played the game <laughs> what no oh my days again this was <laughs> most most commodore 64 games games original ones i haven't played because that just wasn't my time wow so that's wow. the truth of it but i've definitely this heard of it is- yeah, I mean it's it's done by Epics, but this is an epic game. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is win. Thank you. So this is Winter <laughs> Games for the Commodore sixty four, developed by Epics, uh, released in the UK by US Gold in nineteen ninety five. So Winter Games is the third in the game series, uh, launched not only for the Commodore sixty four but across many eight bit platforms, including the NES um it's one of the most visually beautiful games to grace the commodore 64 Hmm. um the game is a take on the winter olympics with uh, several events that you have to take part in um, to master the event and get a high score and earn a gold medal basically Um, there are seven events in total and they are hot dog (laughs) uh, biathlon figure skating ski jump speed skating free skating and bobsled what um, is hot dog <laughs> hot dog is brilliant it's one of my favorites it's isn't that what's brilliant. being displayed right now it is yes, but yeah yeah it's, a it's ski basically jump. it's it's yeah it's a mini ski jump that you go off and then it's just kind just of do like tricks yeah you do trick you turn tricks yeah it's 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 freestyle um but you you move your joystick in certain directions to do certain moves and you've basically that you've got to try and get a combination of two moves within the small amount of time that you're sort of like air getting air um and it's just brilliant fun i i just sit there and play that one for ages um but anyway, so there's there's lots of different events. So like I say, hot dog bathroom, figure skating, ski jump, speed skating, free skating, bobsled. Um, through the unique menu system for at its time, 
uh, you could choose one of several options. So when you kind of like load up the game for the first time, um, you can compete in all events. So you sort of like go through in sequence. You can compete in one event. So um, if you want to kind of like compete over and over again one particular event and try and get good at it you can also practice events so you can um so for example if you wanted to try and master bobsled i don't understand that one at all i've never never been able to get on with the bobsled on this um but you can you can then just sit there and kind of like play that one over and over again until you get good at it um uh there was a there's two different versions of this for the commodore 64 in terms of the cassette and the disc version now the cassette version is it is playable i used to use it back in the day because that's the only thing that i had but the disc version is the one to go for because it's a bit of a lesson in futility having to rewind the tape to reload certain bits um to go back to load the biathlon or something along those lines so it's they cut the game down um to uh, meet the tape demands so there are certain options on the menu that you don't get on the tape game that you get that you don't get on the tape game should i say that you get on the disc version interesting um so each in each event you have different ways to control your athletes so for example in figure skating um you have to perform um a set of moves in the time limit um, so you time your jumps and landings by pressing the fire button um, to start the movement and then you have to press it at the end of the movement so if you sort of like do a jump if you uh, let the let the uh, athlete land but don't press the fire button uh, she drops straight down onto her behind in- <laughs> and doesn't complete the move um uh, so yeah um and then obviously you get there's the uh, figure skating on the screen the one thing about this game uh, not only is it graphically brilliant but the sound that goes along with it the music that goes along with it is really really good um like uh, when you go into the biathlon event which is one of my favorites you actually looking at the game I, I maybe it's because i've got that nostalgia to it but you actually i actually feel the cold <laughs> in the biathlon yeah. i can i can see that yeah 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 you actually you actually feel it and you hear the the atmospherics in the background and all that sort of stuff the way it's kind of like quite quiet so like it is when it's when you've got a lot of snow on the ground because it kind of like damps the sound down um it just has that atmosphere so you're, to you're it. saying you've that lack of sound it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess maybe um but it just has that atmosphere to it and you've also got the heartbeat your your heart rate is a is a, a thing on this as well because you need to try and calm your pulse down when you get to the shots um on yeah. the athlon um uh, so winter games you can also have up to eight players on it so again it's really good fun when you've got uh, more than one player you're passing the joystick back between each other trying to beat each other's records um so again i mentioned about the music on it um really really good um so this game received really good reviews um zap 64 magazine uh, gave this a sizzler in november 1985 with an overall score of 94 percent so that's my take on winter games um cody we know you've never played it i have um, not <laughs> <clears throat> how about you eric what's your what's your memories of winter games i will tell you my greatest memory of winter games is when i pirated it and it worked like i downloaded <laughs> on the, i downloaded it on a bbs and like i was really because i loved summer games 
Yeah. Um, I loved it. The skateboarding part, all that good stuff. And then, so I was like, winter games. Okay. Well, I'll try that out. But I, I was able to like summer games I bought, but winter games I downloaded and it worked and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I thought the hot dog, uh, hot dog. was the best. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? What Olympic event is called a hot dog? I think it, that's what it's called. I don't is know. Is it really? Yeah. 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 I, I guess. Egg on my face. <laughs> I had no idea. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, it's really good. I, th- I nope. think my two favorites are uh, hot dog and biathlon. Biathlon. Um, yeah, yeah. Biathlon is great. Fun. I will say, the, the, like you said, the color palette, just before you even said that, I'm like, man, I, it, I'm cold. Biathlon yeah, yeah. is pretty. It is pretty. It is. Yeah, it's a lovely game. Cool. Good choice right. on the nose, but Who's definitely next? apt. Yep. So, Eric. Yep. So my pick is um, a game that is is the sequel to a game that I really enjoy, and I play it on every platform that I can. It is Snow Bros. Um, as everyone knows, I really love Bubble Bobble style games. And Snow Bros is a classic, and it's awesome. I played on the Amiga, I played in the arcade, play every version I can. I didn't know that there was a Snow Bros two with new elves. Uh, that is the name of it. Um, it was released in 1994. Um, it was released in the arcade, but only in Japan. So this never came out in the United States, which is why I didn't know about it. And the only version you can get. If you play it in MAME or anything else, uh, they are there's no translated version, at least not one that I could find, and not an official one for sure. Um, it is a, a game that the developer was Toplin or T O A yeah E L A N. I guess it's called Toplin. Um, it this one in particular came out in ni- April 1994. It is an arcade game. Um, the rights to this day, I think, are owned by Tatsujin, which I know they've made some shmups that are shmups, really like. Yeah. Um, but this follows the same formula of Snow Bros, which for people that don't know it, think of Bubble Bobble kind of like a a platformer, but... Um, Single screen. You, yeah, it's like a flip screen platformer, but you are running around and you if you're the snowman and that's the difference, that's the main difference between this and snow bros In snow bros. You played one of two snowmen. I think it was, what was it? Tim and Tom or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but that's anyway, right. in this one, you can choose from four different players. They eliminate one of the snowmen, but they have four different players and the players, um, all have different special abilities. Are they new elves? They're new elves, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they all have different mechanics, which makes it really interesting. So the snowman, when you fire at somebody on your platform and they, if you hit them several times, they turn into a snowball and then you can throw that snowball and knock people down. But it, the snowball always travels downward, right? I mean, that's a classic snow bros mechanic. Yeah. Travels down, knocks anybody off the platform that it hits. But with the different characters, they all have different mechanics. Like the, um, there's a guy that shoots wind, wind, and he can turn you into a tornado. But it goes up the screen instead of down. Okay. So you can start at the bottom of the platforms. And then there's another character that does electricity, and when he electrifies you and you become shocked, it flies randomly all over the screen, knocking people off of the platform. So 
every player has a different mechanic that it uses. Um, as you progress, you face different bosses. And as an example, the first boss is this giant jackpot machine. And the jackpot machine, you have to when these when he spits out enemies and they they uh, parachute down. And then when you hit them, you turn them into a snowball and shoot them across, and then it'll hit the jackpot. So there's like little clever mechanics and things to basically you can't just fire on the bosses and expect to win. Um, you have to like freeze a guy and shoot the snowball at him. And then that eliminates the boss. Um, every different level has a different boss. Um, and then there's also power-ups in this, in this, unlike the other snow bros, there's power-ups in this one. When you kill an enemy, they'll drop like little food items, but when you pick it up, it could increase your speed it could increase the range of your weapon, um, all all that kind of stuff. Um, what else am I missing? Oh, you can hit, you can do extra. You can find letters and little bubbles around. When you hit that, if you complete extra, you get a bonus man. Um, the second boss is like this choo choo train guy that you see in the picture. <laughs> it's um, super weird Japan stuff, which is fun. Yep, but what another cool thing about this game is that it can be four four player simultaneous which is i think what you're seeing in the video that we're, yeah. we're playing here but i mean there's like four different players on the screen all at one time which looks chaotic but it looks like it could be a lot of fun so do it anyway that's my pick um and i played this quite a bit this month and i loved it i i love anything snow bros related and i didn't even know this existed so i was pretty happy with it i love so that right, when you find snow- something that ticks your boxes that you didn't know about yep snow bros 2 with new elves all right. Mine are kind of uninspired this year, but it's it's the ones that when I said heard snow, these just mm-hmm. popped into my mind. Yeah. Uh, they are on the nose. They are not hidden gems by any means, but I'm not sure if we've ever actually talked about them. So we might have, but first one that came to my mind is, and they're both Nintendo games, by the way, but Nintendo 64, GoldenEye. Um, every time you hear about this, you hear about people playing four-player, you know, in-person uh, multiplayer golden eye with four controllers and shooting each other. I spent the vast majority of my time playing golden eye single player, and it is a brilliant single player campaign. Yeah. Uh, what is that? That makes it a good game, but what makes it a snow game? Well, uh, first of all, the game, you feel like you're a spy. You, you really do the way the levels are designed, the characters, none of them know you're there until you let them know you're there. So it's, it's it, just the way they're designed. You can h- jump up behind people who don't know you're there and, and take them out that way and try to avoid triggering the guards. And it's just a very cool game in that way. You feel like a spy, but it's a, uh, it's a Russian setting. So I only know Russia from TV and, and potentially the news. And apparently it just snows there all the time year round And Russia is a snowy place, whether that's true or not. I don't know, but, uh, that according to, to TV movies and the news, that's what Russia is. So this game follows suit, and every time you're outside, boom, snow everywhere. Um, so we're looking at one of the, I think level three is when you first go outside. This is the runway, and you're trying to stop this bad guy from getting on the plane and taking off, and you're running through snow. Um, the music is very James Bond in that it just you feel like you're a spy. Um and there's, it's just kind of atmospheric. Now, is, is it chunky Nintendo 64 early 3D? Absolutely. Um, 
but a game is just so good it's so fun to play single player you get to use gadgets you get to use your watch to like set off in this case you're looking at mines that were throwing them places and you set them off using your watch when you feel like it or setting up trip mines or uh hacky what do you call it karate chopping people in the neck with your hand to sneak up behind them and knock them out um and then even the uh, yeah, like right there, the between levels, you're using these files, these Manila folders with secret information and pictures of your objectives, and just the 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 overall feel of this game is super cool, super spy, and super filled with snow. Um, probably the most snowy level is one of these ones right here. Then you go to the surface multiple times, and you're walking through this valley uh, of snow with these worn grooves that are, I guess roads or walking paths. Um, it is kind of kitschy in the fact that it's very clear that the quote-unquote trees are like a hard, flat, textured wall of trees at the edge of the playfield, <laughs> but that's part of the charm. And um, and uh, honestly, my favorite gun in this whole game is this PPK, this Walter gun that the you know the James Bond gun, because it's silenced and it's quiet and it takes a few shots, but you have to be accurate with it, and you just feel like a spy. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have played a whole lot of GoldenEye. If I remember correctly, you guys hadn't. So, I am. I've loaded up many times. I haven't played it very deeply through it. You know, I, I played it a bit, um, and I used to have it in my in one of the shops that I used to um, own, manage, whatever you want to call it. Um, we used to have the, this rolling on the N64 quite a bit. So sometimes when it was a little bit quieter, I just used to sort of like <laughs> sneak yeah. over onto the joypad on this one and have a have a few games on it. But very rarely did I go beyond the first couple of levels. Um, but um, yeah, it, this, this one's notorious for the controls, isn't it? It's like you've got to have the N64 control pad for this one. I've never thought about it, but yeah, I've only ever played it on a Nintendo 64 with that control pad, so... I can see that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Cool game and filled with snow. Definitely. Back to you, Tim. Back to me. Okay. So this game is um an NES game went, from Tim. Yeah, an <laughs> NES game from me. Um I could have I could have chose this one on the 64. It was done on a couple of other platforms, but anyway, so this is uh, Ski or Die, another one very much on the nose. Um but um yeah, I I played uh, Skate or Die a fair bit and I'd never really kind of dug into this one, so I thought well this was a good chance to to give it a go. Um uh, so this was done by EA and Palcom, uh, released in 1990. Um, so Ski or Die is a winter-themed extreme sports game um, in which the player competes in five different events. So we've got downhill blitz, downhill skiing, um, and uh, you can jump over chasms um, and perform stunts. You've got inner tube trash, uh, which is quite good fun, which is especially if you've got two players, I guess. I only ever played it single player. Uh, but essentially you're, you're um, descending down the mountain on an inner tube, um, you got to score points by picking up items, um, and I think you got you got to uh, let out air from your inner tube to go faster or something like that, and then pick up air again. Um, it's that that was quite fun. Um, you've got 
acro aerials uh, which is your skiing down a ramp and you scored points by uh, performing acrobatic jumps and tricks um, and then you've got the uh, snowboard half pipe um, so put on your snowboard and score as many points as possible as you're going down through the half pipe and again you can sort of like perform jumps and tricks to get more score on that um, but the one that I really like, and I think it's almost worth the price of admission on this game, is Snowball Blast, <laughs> which is essentially, it's a snowball fighting game. It's brilliant fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, the quirk with this one is, I, it took me a little while to realise it's, it's down there on the HUD on the game. Um, but I don't know if you guys have ever played this one, but you've got one screen in front of you where you've got people coming in, you've got sort of like a bit like Operation Wolf. Um, you've got people run into the, into the side of the screen, uh, from the side of the screen, and you've got to fire snowballs at them with your little uh, reticle on the screen, aiming your snowballs. You've got pickups um, on the level whereby you can collect more snowballs or you can collect, I think it's a spade, and then that gives you... Um, uh, almost like uh, unlimited snowballs that fire really quickly for a short period of time. But one thing I didn't realize was that you've got at the bottom right of the screen, you've got northeast, southwest. Now that presents um, your kind of like sitting in, in one location and then people are firing snowballs at you from different screens to the left and right and behind. So what you've then got to do is press your button on the joy um, on the joypad to move to the different areas and that denotes by the numbers how many people are in front of you to the side of you behind you and all that sort of stuff so not only have you got the first screen to contend with you've got all the other oh um, you're other in a three central, locations you're like in a central point looking at 90 degrees at a time and you gotta exactly. i gotcha yes yeah yeah um so the idea is is obviously to 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 hit as many kids as you can with snowballs <laughs> uh, and they're hitting it's, you it's, it's just a blast i love this i i i played some of the other events on there and they're they're, they're not too bad um the the i can't remember it's, it's i think it's the uh the the well the, the downhill skiing i just couldn't i work that one out i couldn't get any points on that one at all um the aero ac acro aerials was similar to hot dog on the uh, on winter games so that was quite a good fun the half pipe is nice um but yeah this this one i just absolutely love the snowball blast on this it's really really good um now fun fact on this was um there was a version also done on the commodore 64 now there was some music on that one as well and there's music on the uh, the nes version now the music on the nes version was done by no uh, no other person other than rob hubbard who worked for EA at the time um but the c64 music wasn't composed by him uh, <laughs> it was composed by another one called uh, another person called david warhol um so yeah this this is a, a nice game i wouldn't say it's the best game um some of them the, the controls are a little bit hard to get on with um especially that downhill one i couldn't i couldn't work that one out at all um but yeah it's it's great it's some some of them are great fun um so i definitely think it slides in there for for good games um and any of you guys played this one before i was a big fan of skater die and i played that a lot mm -hmm. but i i don't think i've ever played this one no yeah i remember seeing all these games uh summer games i think skier die skater die 
winter games. They all kind of ported over to the NES, but I never knew anybody who had these games or was interested in them. These multi-format kind of event games, for whatever reason, were just kind of... I hate to put it this way. I think they seemed old at the time for us, but that's because I think we were at the the middle to tail end of the NES, and this might have been, you know, ports from kind of earlier. Um, So I never really gave them a chance, to be honest with you. Um, But that Snowball one looks like a whole heck of a lot of fun. (laughs) It is. It is. It's great fun. (laughs) I'd recommend it just just to play the Snowball snowball game. It's brilliant. (laughs) And I'd say any of those games that I just mentioned probably would survive a lot better on an NES D-pad than uh, an old joystick you have to wiggle back and forth and destroy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, It it works well with the NES pad, definitely. Yeah. Do any of these games uh, sim- use just one button, or they, do they use a second button from the NES? For uh, they, I think they both use a second button. Okay. Um, pretty, mu- pretty much all of them, yeah. yeah. I wonder if that helps the gameplay, too, because obviously they're originally one-button games. They have to be, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Mm. Okay. Thank you, all good right. sir. So my next game is Fire and Ice on the Amiga or Atari ST. Uh, This is a platforming game that I've played mainly on the Amiga when I was testing it out. Uh, The full name is Fire and Ice, The Daring Adventures of Cool Coyote. Oh, Cool Coyote, the blue coyote. Um, It's a game by Graftgold. Um, There were were versions for Master System and Game Gear that were being developed but never got released. Uh, but there is a CD32 version that includes some enhanced gameplay and enhanced graphics. Um, basically, the game, and I played this uh, quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, it is, first of all, by Andrew Braybrook, Braybrook which is a big-time oh, yeah. programmer. He's the one who did, I think, Paradroid, and, uh, which is my favorite, Commodore 64 game. Um, really... It is a well-crafted game. I'll say that it's very pretty. Um, you basically take control of a character called Cool Coyote. You go through a level, and when you fire on enemies, they only get frozen. They don't get killed, and then you have to go touch them, and it shatters their bodies. Um, and when you do that, sometimes they will release an item, and those items are components of a key. And once you complete the key, then you find the keyhole in the level and it turns into a door and that's how you go to the next level. Um, The game is that simple, but for an Amiga platform and Atari ST, this one is actually very pretty and it's a really cool game. I'm kind of surprised that it doesn't get more kudos for being a really nice platform on the Amiga, which I think is pretty rare to get a good one. Um, the only annoying, kind of slightly annoying thing is that because it is snow and ice, mm-hmm. your character, when he stops, will slide a little bit. And until you get used to that, it gets really annoying, just like climbing, because it is a platformer. So you have to climb up levels sometimes by going on little platforms, but you'll slide right off of them, and then you'll have to go back and climb up the levels again. So there is kind of this little ice mechanic to the game. Um, that can get annoying over time. But um, basically, you just work your way up and try to keep going from level to level. I don't remember how many levels there are, but um, it can keep you busy for quite a while. Um, And 
that's really it. I mean, it is a solid platform. Oh, you can collect coins and stuff as you go along, and that increases your score. Um, it's just a solid platform. I, I've really enjoyed my time playing it. I think it's worth noting that the snow does end about three levels in. Yeah. And then the rest of it does not have snow, but I would definitely say, yeah, it's a snow game to start with for sure. Yes. I've had a little experience with this game. That's because just like you originally, I saw this. I'm like, man, that is a good looking game. Yeah. And it looks like a really fun platform, really solid. And then just like you, I played it and said, it's a platforming game where the platforming itself is difficult and frustrating. And I was over it. (laughs) Yep. And eventually you get, like you said, you get to levels that aren't ice and then that goes away. So that's so, not just the mechanic. It is. It just no. happens to start you on an ice level, which is notoriously the levels that people hate because of the mechanics. Correct. In, in any game. <laughs> and they just thought that that's that was a like bummer. a fun kind of thing, hurdle you had to go through was the, you had to deal with the sliding. And there are secret platforms in this game where you have to fire and then the platforms are revealed. Um, so, I mean, there are little puzzle elements to this game too. But yeah, that's kind it, it of it is a, a solid platformer. I will say that. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Have you played much of this one, uh, Tim? I played a ton of this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've played it a lot. I mean, I, I've never completed the game or anything like that, but I, I've played it an awful lot. One of the things that you haven't mentioned about this game is the title screen. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. And yeah, look the title screen is, is so good because it's cool. Uh, the coyote and he's there playing the piano along oh, okay. to the, <laughs> the I honestly the, don't remember this. I must have brushed my way brilliant. through this. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go hear it with the music, yeah. Yeah, it is really, really good. But yeah, no, Fire and Ice, fantastic little game. Um like you say, for for an Amiga platformer, it's a good one. Um it's got pedigree, Andrew Braybrook, of course, um yep. Jason Page doing the sound and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really nice. It's got all that graph gold polish to the game um just those nice little things um, yep. that they put into the games it's it's very very well done very well polished um and a, a nice platformer for the amiga i feel like i need to fight through the first 20 minutes in the snow to get to the game that i will enjoy but yeah. i don't know if i ever will <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay cool that's a game that I that always comes to mind when I think of the Amiga and look up stuff because yeah, it's gorgeous, um, and creative and all the things. So, yeah. Uh, my last one is I could have picked any of these, but I just decided this time to pick Donkey Kong Country Three on the Super Nintendo, uh, which is subtitled Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. And this is one where you are not playing as Donkey Kong at this point. Um, in the first game, it was Donkey Kong, and then it was Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Um, and then Dixie threw herself in there, and at this point, it's just Dixie Kong and is it Baby Baby Kong? I'm trying to remember the name now. Uh, the, kind of the big baby one. And uh, is it a snow game? Yes, it is, because you go through many snow levels. Um, it's All three of Donkey Kong Country games are, to me, they're kind of like Mega Man. They're all solid and good and similar enough, but different enough that they're all worth playing. They're all almost equally as good. I'm sure people have their favorites, and it's probably one that stands out, maybe number two more than the rest. Um, But uh, it's just such a good game. 
it, it used that pseudo 3D sprite work that they were doing uh, towards the end there. Uh, that kind of started with Donkey Kong, and then Genesis copied it with Vector Man, and then uh, that kind of became the rage. But um, it almost looks like these games almost look like Game Boy Advance games to me because everything's so big and close to the screen that I think it could really be played on a small screen well. Um, but it has all that Nintendo quality. You're 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 playing these platforming levels that are easy enough to play, but if you want to play them and try to collect all the things and get all the secrets and uh, get all the DK coins and the balloons and the... I mean, you can just keep going and you can turn this game from a simple just try to play through the whole game um, challenge to collect everything challenge, uh, just again like all the good Nintendo games do. Um, sound is good. Graphics are extremely unique, even to this day. I would say they're still very unique the way they're they're done in that pseudo 3D look, and um, just a fun, family friendly, tightly controlled game. Uh, when you get to the snow levels, they're not particularly slippery, so I'm a fan of them. <laughs> right. I think there's a little bit of slipperiness exactly. to it, but it's definitely been. I think Nintendo, you know, it's. They definitely focus on a. Hey, we want people to be able to enjoy these levels and get through them uh, with with a minimal amount of effort. Um, specific to this one, you actually go on bobsled runs, which are which are fun. So you're hopping in this bobsled, and and your bobsled can magically jump whenever you hit hit the jump button. It just jumps for no reason. But uh, I guess you're as giant gorillas, you're strong enough to make that happen. Um, so those scenes are fun, and there's little snowmen and stuff wearing Christmas-themed uh, scarves and things in the background to kind of complete the whole snow aspect of the game. In fact, um, here's one of the bosses here that I want to get to after a level full of penguins and things like that. You're met with this boss, which is a, more or less a snowball fight. It's a giant can, cannon in the background uh, shooting at you. Um, trying to, there it is. There's the snowman, right? And he takes off his hat and he starts shooting snowballs at you. Um, so unique and fun and different. And uh, it's also got that Mario kind of open world map thing where you can choose which level you want to play at which time and go back and maybe go back to this one level where you know how to get a bunch of lives on it and then try the harder levels later and then try to go back to get all the secrets. And, um, and you can become animals as well. In the first couple games, you could ride animals. In this game, you actually kind of become these animals with special abilities. Um, there's just a lot to this game. It's both very simple and also very complex at the same time. So, Donkey Kong Country 3 particularly in this one. I've never played this before in my life. Have you played any of the Donkey Kong Countries? I have not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta play them. Okay. <laughs> How about you, I've played the first one. I played yeah. the first one, but I've not, not played this one. This looks look, looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> I mean, they're all great. Uh, I've played one and two extensively. The third, the third one, I'm also very light on, to be honest with you. I just kind of picked it to try to focus on something else, something new. But um, yeah, no, it, it looks pretty cool. So there we go. And that is six, good, six games. good games with snow. With Lovely. snow, and that brings us to our last segment of the year, gentlemen. Yeah, and I don't have a big intro for this because we've never we we'd only use it once a year, but maybe I should one of these days. <laughs> but this is our best of twenty twenty three wrap up segment. Yes, the best, best of twenty twenty three. Everyone's done the research this time. I, I put I put some categories here for us to go through. Yep. Looks like it's oh, it looks like it's only six. So we got six categories here. Um, 
Anything we need to say to set this up, or are you guys just going to go for it? I think we should just go for it. Best of 2023. We had a little bit of, of uh, trouble remembering the early part of the year. Definitely. I, um, I, this is always the hardest segment for me all year long, because I just don't have a good memory for uh, things that happened for the first half of the whole year. So I really got to take better notes and start looking back and spend a little more time doing that. And I did, I did a lot of research to try to figure out my, uh, my list. Your pick. So. How about you, Tim? Does it come naturally to you? Some, some bits, yes, some bits. No, I, what I think we need to do is I think we need to do a beer spreadsheet. Yep. <laughs> yep. A beer spreadsheet. We, yep. we, we need to record beers and games of what, yep. what we've done on the show. I think. So it's show. funny. I make this, a lot easier <laughs> if you're looking at my screen let me show you something real quick here so this is our our dropbox where we all share information internally yeah and if i go to um of course i'm not gonna be able to figure out where i'm at right now here we go episode topic list see this one right here last yeah. updated for 2020 but if you go in there <laughs> i've got the first like 30 episodes worth of information and then it stops <laughs> uh-huh. right. okay. so we tried it <laughs> Okay. I'm going to uh, keep a beer spreadsheet, though. That That's my beers New Year's resolution. There. Beers yeah. are in there, too. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the beer, beer spreadsheet. I think games we can probably cover off on yeah. because we don't mention them in any of the notes, really, do we? So right. um, yeah, no. uh, maybe we should do. Maybe we should put it in the notes at the top what beers are drinking that episode. But, um, yeah, that might, might make it easier or just, like, say, just do a beer spreadsheet. <laughs> All right. So let's start with best new game for an old system. So typically this would be either a homebrew game or a, even a commercially released game, but it is a game that you can play on physical old hardware. Uh, retro hardware. Not inspired. Retro hardware, just new game. So does anyone have one they want to jump out with? Right. First up, I'm going to be upfront with this one. I've not done a lot of new games on old systems and i haven't really got something that i can really bring to the table on this one so i'm going to leave this one to you guys that's fine i think if you don't have a solid answer i think it's okay to just say hey i don't have an answer i think that's okay is that what you're doing uh, eric nope i (laughs) so i looked back at our list and early i think it was january february so this was going way back almost a year we played shay maxime for the zx spectrum if you remember that uh, yes, game, I remember it was you, a platformer game that... Um, well, you played it. I did not, but you covered that, it for a, that's one right. of the six good games. Yeah. Yep. And so this is my best new game for an old system. And, and it didn't come It didn't come out, I think, in 2023. I think it came out 2022 or 2021, but this is when I played it. Yeah, fair and, enough. And it's great. It's a game, I think it was by Happy Coding. He's the one who programmed this. Yeah. And it has characters from Amigos in it. I think it has Amigo Aaron in it. I think it has the Brent in it. But it's a fantastic little game where you run around. It's a platform and you have to serve customers. And I'm not going to go into many of these games in depth because we'll be here all night and I'm already fading. But check it out. Shay Maxime, ZX Spectrum. That's my pick. What about you, Cody? You got one? I do. And this is going to be... Um... Yeah, so so I've, this was really hard for me, and usually it's really hard because there's so many good games. Yep. This year, I'm sure there were plenty of okay games, maybe some good games. I'm sure we've played them, but nothing was sticking out to me. I can't remember an aha moment. I know in the past we had Fix-It Fix it Felix Jr., we had Sam's Journey, we had 
I mean, there has been some epic games. For whatever 2023, none of them really grabbed me. I was okay. thinking of Pig's Quest, but honestly, even though it was a quality game, it, it didn't really grab me either. Um, so I am glad that, you know, I, I, and you kind of mentioned it, it's easier to remember the most recent games. But honestly, for a new game on an old system, I think I'm going to put Good Boy Galaxy, the one I just literally started playing for the Game yeah. Boy Advance. That's um, fair. I'm playing on the Evercade, but it came out this year as well for the Game Boy Advance. So, um, excuse me. Very cool, very cool game. Probably the only game I played a Game Boy Advance game that I've played that's really a modern title on an old system for the Game Boy that I've I've liked uh, that much. So, alrighty. Nothing else has popped up for you, Tim. You're gonna leave that one unanswered. There's there's a few that I've played obviously throughout the year. I mean, there's one that I downloaded. There's one that I downloaded the other day. Oh, blimey, what was it called? Um, uh, GP Cars on the Commodore 64. Um, that's like a top-down um, racer. Okay, um, yeah. And that's that's that was I, – I played a bit on that one the other day because I was just kind of like thinking, well, what can I put for this particular segment? You know, I've got nothing that really sticks out in my mind. But, um, yeah, that, that one was quite a nice one. Um, so I played that, um, and Shay Maxime, like, um, Eric yeah. said that, okay. that now, as soon as you mentioned that, I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah, uh, that, that one was, uh, I haven't played really it. Cool. I'll have to yeah, try that one great, out. It's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. It's a great little it's, arcade it's style fun. game. Yep. Yeah. 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 Cool. So cool. Tim, well, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to steal your one there, Eric. <laughs> Fine. Perfect. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the same. So Shay Maxime, there we go. So, Tim, what do you have for best game we played on the show together? Okay. So, obviously, I've missed a few episodes this year, so I'm really, really sorry about that. So, there, there's a few gaps in my uh, what, we, what we've played together and all that sort of stuff. But I think going back to episode uh, 111, uh, where we did the 8-bit wilderness years, do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we all kind of struggled to go with the original sort of like time period that I uh, that I set and so I opened it up a little bit. Um and this one was a real surprise for me. It's on the Atari 8-bit. Um and it was a game called Crownland. I don't know if you guys remember that one which was the really colorful 8-bit platformer. Um, and one we all said we kind of like wanted to go back to, and I bet none of us did. <laughs> no, I've, it's easy to forget these things. I'm going to type it in right now and refresh my memory. Yeah. So this is I've I've got this downloaded, and I'm going to be um, transferring that across onto the Mister. So I'm going to give this a go on the Mister over over the holiday break. What system oh, was Crown? that? Crown Crown Land. Land. Yep. And that's Crown on the Commodore 64. Nope, Atari 8 bit. Atari 8-bit. It was, it was done for one of the 8-bit um, competitions, the Atari 8-bit competitions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, did a, they did a demo, and then they uh, released the full, full game as well after that. Um, so, yeah, this, this, was, this was a ton of fun playing it initially. Um, and then, it, like I say, I promised I was going to go back to it. So I'm going to keep that promise, and I'm going I'm to play that in the holiday break. There it is. Uh, so yeah. Oh yeah, is. I remember this now. I remember you yep. you pointing this out. Is it, we we were said it kind of reminded us of uh, Mayhem and Mayhem Monster and Monster Land, Land for sure. Yep. 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 No, that's a great yep. pick. Great pick. This, that was my pick. Okay. Uh, Good choice. So, uh, what have you got, Eric? 
So I picked two. Got? I picked two games, and if I had to pick one, I'll let you know. But the first game was Little Samson on the NES. Mm. Remember when we played that? Yep, it was a lot of fun. Then the other one was Guardian Heroes on Sega Saturn. That's one I had always dabbled in, but when we had to cover it on the show, it was in a battle. I enjoyed that one quite a bit. But if I had to pick between any of these, I'd probably be Little Samson on the NES. It's a great little platformer, solid. Um, I, I I remember enjoying my time with it very much. This was the year of the S- the NES love for Tim yep. and Eric. Yeah, I mean, I like I it. Mega Man Two. I played. Uh, I played all sorts of NES games. I'm actually going back because. What I've was got that? Those ton of Famicom cartridges that I've been going through as well. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I was. I remember liking Little Samson, but I can't say that I loved it because I couldn't remember much of it. And even me watching it right now, I I vaguely remember this. Um, yeah. I remember really liking the game, but I wonder why it didn't stick in my memory more. Yeah. It's, and it's right up my alley. It's very much like a Mega Man style. I wonder why I don't... Hmm. Um, so for me, the two clear choices uh, for games that we played together on the show, when I looked through the list, I'll be honest, There's this whole kind of year, I didn't fall in love with that many games. Yeah. Um, I agree. I don't know if it was the games themselves or if it was the stress of the year and the fact that I didn't give myself as much time to delve deep into them. Uh, so I have two games on here. One game that, uh, which I had played a lot in the past was dark forces, the first person shooter star Wars game. Um, I had that on my short list. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the music on that game was just, you felt like you're playing star Wars, the sound effects, uh, they did a great job of that, and it's a fun, unique first-person shooter in that it's equal parts action and equal parts kind of puzzle strategy, trying to figure out how to complete things. Um, but I think I'm going to give the edge to Spyro the Dragon on the PlayStation. Yeah, I had that on my short list, too. I almost picked that one as well. Yeah, so there's good. just something about that game that was just simple and... Uh, kind of meat and potatoes it is what it is here's what you get now just go complete it and sometimes i just like that kind of mindless i'm just gonna go try to get all 100 coins in this level and move on to the next level and do it again and uh it just felt good and it had enough humor and character to it uh although it definitely suffered from the whole ugly pixelated playstation polygon thing which i i'd struggle with but it was solid so I'm going to go with Spyro the Dragon. All right. So that brings us to our next um, our next category, which is Best Retro-Inspired Game. Tim, do you have a, do you have a cat, uh, pick for this category? Yeah. Um, again, probably a bit on the nose for recent stuff, um, but I think uh, Cosmic Collapse came into this bracket for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm, I, that's really one that kind of like I've put a a fair amount of time in. That's kind of like pixel style graphics and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, I I I went straight in for Cosmic Collapse on that one. 
Cool. Because um, I've, I've enjoyed that one. I've put some time into it. Um, and it's one of those games that you kind of like, you stop playing and then you're sort of like, you're off doing something else and you think, mm, I really want to go back to that one and try again. <laughs> yeah. Good no, choice. I definitely love that one. That's yeah. a great one. I'm going to um, go, uh, I'll, I'll hop in since so I'm yeah, not going please. last in the same order, but yep. I'm going to go with uh, another Evercade game, actually, which is Cathedral. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a great one. Yeah, I I, I love that game, and uh, it's definitely uh, based on like the eight bit NES um, kind of style, but it is clearly, um, you know, it, it's it's not running on any particular system. It's a modern game with retro influences. Um, I was going to see if I could pull it up here so we can watch it a little bit, but uh, it's a Metroidvania and it it just plays like butter and it's got cool set pieces and uh, it feels like an NES game, but it also has all those modern conveniences. Um, it's a long game. It um, had a lot to do in collect and power ups and just kept things fresh, even though you're going back and forth through a lot of the same places. Um, it's It's kind of, custom built for for cody this is definitely a cody game and uh just had a had a blast with it and i think i put a good over 20 hours into it so yeah to complete this, this game. game it looks really good oh and i almost forgot about that it also does the shovel knight thing where you put the sword below you to kind of bounce which is actually a ducktales thing originally from the nes so yeah yeah great game cool that's a good one e-money what was your pick so my pick is one I played this summer, and we talked. I talked about it on the show. Um, it is Colt Canyon, which is got on Steam Deck. I think it's also available on um, the Switch. Um, Colt Canyon is a western, very oh, yeah. very pixelated, um, where you are a cowboy running around, and it does have a whole story to the game. But it is a twin stick shooter, which I love. I'm always a sucker for a twin stick shooter. But you go around, you collect with different weapons, you upgrade your 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 ammo, your weapons, and it has a very stylistic kind of sepia tone um, motif to it. So I love this game, and I would pick it up and play it for a little while and have to go on to something else. But finally this summer I said, you know, I really enjoy every time I play this game, so I'm just going to sit down and beat it and I went through it and I beat the whole game and nice. loved every minute of it. It's a fantastic retro-inspired game. Another game I forgot about that I'm supposed to play. Exactly. Colt Canyon. Very good. You'll love it. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, I want to play that one. Cool. Going to start right. out with this one, Cody. Here's Best a big game one. you played this year. Best game you played this year, which this could read modern game you played this year. Um, could, be, could be any game. But it could also be any game, so it could be one of the ones we already mentioned. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of yeah. So the one the one that popped into my mind. I mean, all the ones I've mentioned obviously are are part of it. Cathedral would be up there. Um, but the one that that really caught my attention because I was really in the need of hey, I wanted to play something. It's not modern, but something with a, a more modern sensibility. I want to get lost in a world and just play through an experience um and finally pulled out bioshock 2 after loving bioshock 1 and bioshock infinite i never played number two and i played that a few months back and just got engrossed in it 
So that would be yeah. my game of the year that I played. Um, and it's probably the newest the newest one I'm going to really mention on the show. Yep. I know. I know it should be Power Wash Simulator or Lawnmower Simulator. <laughs> exactly. But I've chosen Bioshock Two. Tim, did you want to go next? Yeah, I can go next. Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Yep. yep. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Enough, enough said. That is awesome, and that is a great game. And I, I do wish I had more time to go back. That's the one in the quick questions, Cody. That's one I'd probably go back to too. Like if. If the evil gnome gave me a three month hiatus. Oh after, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. Probably do play that one too. For Yogurt. me, it was two games. Yogurt, exactly. For me, it was two games, and, I, and I'll pick one real quick. One was uh, Mega Man Two because I beat it on NES. It's the first Mega Man game I've beat, and I played all the way through, and I loved it. The other one is Legend of Zelda. Um, which I beat also for the first time, having picked up and played it over the years many, many times. And I played it on the little Game & Watch, which made it extra special. So yeah. no cheats or nothing. Uh, but I took this to all my daughter's volleyball games, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to have to say that more than just the game, it, I'm going to pick Legend of Zelda just because this was a, the perfect way to play it. Save states. Yeah. Isn't that cool? No cheats. And I played it on this little tiny screen and... It was just so convenient, and it really is what it's made for. So I'm going to pick Legend of Zelda on the game and watch. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Let's go with uh, Tim on this one. Best moment on Pixel Gaiden? Uh, so oh, <laughs> this is a difficult one. This is a tough uh, one this I, year. Yeah. Yeah. I've mentioned uh, I've got a few here. I think my overall favorite was... Uh, our hundredth episodes, uh, A and B. Yep. <laughs> um, and specifically our 16 bit top 50 games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love doing that. That was, that was great fun. Um, much like when we did the, the arcade ones when obviously we were all together and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, that, that was good fun battling through those 50 games. Um, some honorable mentions. Uh, Cody's Patreon rap. I absolutely oh, love yeah. that. <laughs> it was high quality. <laughs> that, was, that was just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was high quality. Um, uh, another honorable mention uh, obviously goes out to uh, one of our um, show friends and uh, Patreon, Pajaco, for creating the Stringy Lorry uh, game. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> we need, to, we need to make that poster sized. We need to make yes, some posters. And. Um, well, I'm not going to, I could go for another honorable mention, but I'm not going to say this one because that might be someone else's favorite. So uh, I'll leave that one till the end. And if that doesn't get picked up, then I'll, I'll mention it. But uh, yeah, I think, so going back to my, my original choice, I think it's our hundredth episodes doing those together with you guys, um, two obviously quite long episodes. Um, but um, yeah, the, 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 the 16 bit top 50 games. Okay. Choice. Good choice. Cody? So I was looking at a couple, and I forgot a few of those moments, so I appreciate that. The 100th yeah. episode one with the uh, 16 top 50. I think my choice the previous year was when we got together and did the top 50 arcade games. Uh, so I couldn't, I didn't want to pick that, that same kind of concept again, even though I love doing those. Um, mine's going to sound kind of lame in comparison, but 
I loved it when we uh, w- when Eric picked up the wheel for our our game show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love. I, I enjoy doing it. Yeah, it just it uh it. There's something about it that just made it fun. Those game shows were were energetic and exciting, and uh, and I think we don't we haven't milked that cow yet enough. No, I'm gonna. And 2024 <laughs> will be the year of the wheel for game shows for sure. Year of the wheel, I like it, I like it. I'm inventing new games as we speak. Yeah, the the wheel and the evil gnome need to fusion, don't they? Oh, <laughs> maybe, there we go. Maybe you're right there. Yeah, I have the evil gnome wheel game. That would be fun. <laughs> Eric, for, for me, and this is a little maybe not cliche, but I mean it is it is a a quick answer to this. But I always look forward, and I'm always excited when we get packages from Tim. And I remember the last one we got was the beer, the candy. The Famicom games, which I have right here, the the like a deck. sweet Famicom games, the deck ZX Spectrum, 48K, the second one I got with the shell, with the with a nice shell on it. Um, those, you know, getting those packages, I know it's a it's a hassle to get those together, Tim, and we really appreciate. That. It's fun getting them together. It's not fun paying no. triple digits to get them across the ocean, which is just killer. Yeah, I. I <laughs> I man, when we sent you packages, I'm, I, I'm ashamed that America like sending stuff to you, Tim, is so freaking expensive. And I know it's not cheap when you send it to us, but from the way we talked, it's cheaper. It's not oh, cheap, yeah. but it's cheaper. And, it's, and the prices have actually dropped again. Yeah, so for us, nice. I guarantee you that if we tried to send you something, it would be out freaking <clears throat> rageous. And that it's, yeah. it, I don't know what the deal is. I am. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. Well, and then half the time, Tim still has to pay more to actually get him released. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've, yeah. I'm sitting on some things for you, Tim. I got remember I got you some chicken McNuggies. Yep. The men- I got McNuggies. you nugs. I got you Tetris. <laughs> I got you chicken McNugget Tetris. So I need to send that over. But I'm I'm just I'm waiting until we have a bunch of stuff and then we're going to send that over. So it's on its way. Uh, I've I've almost got enough stuff for you guys for another package as well. Because there was one particular thing that I forgot to send you, Eric, in the oh. last package, and I was really bummed about that. So okay. that's got to come over. Um, so I'm going to sort that out probably, hopefully, mm-hmm. for the next episode. Oh, wow. That's co- coming up quick. We better act yep. fast, Eric. I know. <laughs> so that's everybody for the best moments, right? Uh, so this, so it didn't get mentioned, and yeah. we've, got to, we've got to mention this one, and I... I was absolutely rolling on the floor with laughter. Oh, our moment the pixel guide of the year out from ARG. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that, oh. that episode. It was yeah. just so funny to watch. And uh, one I got of my reamed. favorite moments. I got <laughs> reamed my... on that, man. I'm still feeling what? the pain for that. I, they, they, <laughs> they did it twice to me. It was they two did. of my picks. They did. Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was such a funny episode to watch that. And accurate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right i'll take it i'll take it so so thank you to the brent and to aaron from yep. arg that was, it was fun that was a really really good fun moment so thank you very much to them guys for for calling us out or eric specifically exactly <laughs> nice best beer guys this is the hardest one because after i drink a beer my memory is shot so it's kind of this recursive horrible c- catastrophe loop 
We Drink put our heads, beer, forget the beer. We put our, put our heads together and dug into previous pictures that were sent and plans that yep. were made, and we, uh, and not to mention the first few episodes of the year, I was, and, and today, I didn't even drink some beers. I was re- revisiting old beers or drinking my, my near beer. Um, so it was, it was more limited that way as well. But yeah, this was harder. We didn't, we didn't have, similar to the games, I don't think we had a ton of great beers this year. Nope. Nope. So, I mean, I, what, my favorite one, I'll just throw out real quick, uh, because, uh, Tim reminded me of this one and I remembered it. And then you sent the picture of it, which reminded me the name of it. Yep. Uh, Cody, and it, so my favorite was Brew Dog Five AM Saint. It was a red ale, I believe. Yeah, um, very good, malty, caramelly, two two great things in a beer. So that's going to be my pick, Brew Dog Five AM Saint, and drinkable, very drinkable. So I was it's thinking not available of, anymore. Is that yeah? yeah that no, was gone. It, it, it's not because I went to the website and it's not available anymore. Yeah, oh man, find it for ages. Bum, 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 bum. Wow. Gotta get that sound effect back out. So yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that one. That was that's gonna be my runner up. I was that was very close. And I wanted to pick that one. Um I could see that being a great like everyday beer. Um But there's one beer that popped up. If you want to call it a beer, you might want to call it a beverage. I don't know. Uh that I have purchased, I think three six packs since, and it's a, a mixture of the beer itself, which I love and it's delicious, and the can, which exudes what the beer is, and it looks like fun and happy and exciting and everything all at once, and it makes my taste buds tingle. And um, I'm trying to I'm now, now. I forgot to write. I wrote it down, but it is the Belching Beaver Fall of Troy. Which was that bright orange creamsicle can looking? Yeah, but it, but it was like an eight and a half percent IPA, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good, and I continue to buy it and drink it repeatedly. And every time I see it now, I can't not buy it. So uh, that yep. keeps happening. So that's, that's my a good beer. That they're they're coming out with a lot of good stuff at Belching Beaver. I mean, I I went there. I, I shopped for beers today for the show, and like. There was a couple I had never seen before, and they all looked really good. So that's a great brewery. There was also They've come up quite a bit, haven't they, on the show this year? Belch yep. Beaver. Yep. Well, what was the other one too? Oper- Operation Beaver Drop. Yes, that one had a cool can. Yeah, that was a great can. But that great was a. Uh, and then we also had the peanut butter milk stout with strawberry jelly, which was unique. Yep. <laughs> uh, Operation Beaver. Yeah, there it is. Beaver Drop. Lemon Weed Ale. And I remember that one being actually pretty good, too. It was pretty good. It was very refreshing. Good summer beer. Yeah. Coolest can has to go to Call of Kapulu. But, yeah. Tim, can you touch base on your beer of the year, which I think you've enjoyed a couple with us? Yeah, I think the only one that I remember really drinking on the show was one I brought back from Zakynthos. <laughs> So that's your beer of the year. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's it. Uh, I I think it was it, it had some funny Greek letters on it or something like that. But um, I think it was okay, yeah. or something like that. Um, and that was a nice, cool, crisp lager. So um, yeah, 
that that was a good one. The other one I brought back was uh, Mythos, I think it was. And then, um, funnily enough, when I was in the same store that I bought um, the one that you guys have been drinking today, um, it was there on the shelf. So it's like, oh well, I couldn't really include that because that, that that's available here in the UK anyway. But the uh, the AO beer that that he has i've never seen it over here so it's it's obviously sort of like a uh, a greek beer uh so yeah i'm gonna plump for that one sounds good right on and that's our wrap-up so the only thing we get we can do now is kind of quickly touch base on what we're looking for in 2024 yeah and then i'll bid you boys adieu i will tell you that i am looking forward to playing some more sam's journey so first year in like four years that i've not said my goal is to try sam's journey i have actually played the game now uh and it helped modify my commodore 64 the c64 controller to do so um i'm also really looking forward to uh an amiga game believe it or not coming out called rogue craft i'm sure we've all seen that that looks amazing yeah yeah mm-hmm. Um, I already mentioned uh, Eric and uh, Tim. If we haven't heard of this yet, there's a new Vectrix game out called Veerzon. It's a uh, it's a it's more of a Space Invaders single screen kind of a thing, but uh, with upgrades and extra weapons and enemy patterns and bosses and stuff, and it looks super cool. Um, there's a new Genesis game coming out, a shmup called Earthion, which looks killer. And the last one is a Matt Hewson game, same guy who made Witch and Liz, uh, making another NES game, which looks top-notch, called Super Sunny World, which should be out actually pretty shortly. Um, it's kind of a female protagonist, Super Mario Bros. 3-looking game. Yeah, there you go. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's an impressive list, Cody. I know. Yeah, that, I, yeah I, I didn't prepare anything. I didn't either. ask you to prepare anything, but hey. <laughs> Um, I'm looking forward to consistency. (laughs) (laughs) This is probably more important. Uh, Being on the show regularly. um, I'm also looking forward probably as well as Eric is, is to uh, getting the the next and diving into that, playing some of the games on that. Yep. Um, I've purposely held off not really emulating or anything along those lines. I know I can do it on the Mister as well, um, but I've kind of held off on that. And I want to get some physical releases for that as well. So I've been yeah. looking around for a few games. Um, I'm looking forward to downsizing somewhat. Um, so I get some space back in here as well, um, reducing kind of like the clutter and um, that general feeling of overwhelmingness when you've yeah. got so much got stuff you. and you just don't know where to go first. Um, so I'm kind of like wanting to pare things down, keeping it simple and stupid like me um, and uh, really just kind of like honing in on some things like the mister um, and uh, base, basically just reducing stuff down so i've got more headspace to actually play some stuff because it's one of the things i don't really give myself enough time in is uh playing playing the games and all that sort of stuff i, I play them briefly and uh, for a while for the podcast and all that sort of thing but i then lack a lot of time and motivation to really get into games and that's something that i really want to try and do more in 2024 i've been promising myself this forever but i'm (laughs) gonna try and do more in 2024 how how often do you climb up through that hole in the floor sit in that chair and just look around 
think think to yourself for like 15 minutes and just go right back down <laughs> very very awful. yes and the problem yes. is this this is my this is my daily workspace as well so that it doesn't help so i'm up yeah, here most that's days true. working and then i go back down then i come back up and it's like i've been up here all day already you yep. know? it's like yep. I, I know it's such a first world problem i'm surrounded by riches, it's, so really it's am, real though it's, it's- it's embarrassing to say, but it's, it's a real thing. You know, you, you just do get overwhelmed with all this stuff and you just don't know where to start. And if you pair that back and just have minimal stuff, then I think that helps you hone in on certain things. But that's, that's my humble opinion. Well, that's, I, I, I struggle in the same thing where I work all day in the same room that all my games and stuff are in. The last thing I want to do is great. I'm done with work. Finally, let me just turn 90 degrees and, stay in this room longer it's like nope i need out of here <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. anything from you for 2024 yeah i mean i i you've got me very interested in those atari recharged games so i'm i'm thinking of the best way to get into those i need to listen to your episodes though and figure out which ones to buy or or get the whole bundle i don't know maybe you got the whole bundle i don't know um so i i want to get into those um I, I that roadcraft game I completely forgot about that, but I do want to tackle that. That's not out yet, though, right? The final version is getting not out. close, it, but yeah, there's there's a demo of it, isn't there? There's been there's a demo, and I just saw that. I yeah. kind of looked that up real quick. There's a demo, but it's not. They say it's kind of an inferior version too. Um, I, I I keep reiterating this, but I haven't had time to play Baldur's Gate three. I want to try to get further into that, if not beat it. So I want to try to do that. Um, but really, it's just keep on keeping on. I want to try to be more organized with my notes and and uh, just keep pushing forward with the show. I mean, I love being introduced to all these new games and the games I haven't old games I had just haven't played before. Um, that's really the fun of the of the show for me. So, and Cody, we have to go to that pinball place you keep talking about. That's a big one. So it, we should. Well, do the that thing is, the next- there's a couple. There's literally an arcade. In Auburn, yep. That I wanted to go to. There is a pizza slash bar place with pinball machines upstairs in Auburn, and then there's that place in Roseville that is Das Flipper House, which is just a bar slash pinball yep. hall. We gotta we gotta do a tour of all those. Maybe just in one fail swoop. Who knows? Yes, yes. This I'll take a day off work to make this happen. Let's just. Uh, vacation yeah, day well I, that might be we should check out what time these open that might be something we, we could do because i could take <laughs> sure awesome you guys really you guys really need to get back together recording at some stage as well not all <laughs> the time but you need to be back yeah. in the same room at some stage that you, would have, be fun. you haven't done that since i was there <laughs> true right. this is also true. true all right guys i'm fading fast we gotta go to bed yep this okay. is true this is true uh, Tim, take us out. Me? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, everyone, for all your patronage this year and listening to all our shows, if you have done. And as always, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball 49. That's 
ODDBA1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel guide in. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>